Are you getting yourself ready for our show? Welcome to this week's edition of Jigs and Bigs. Joe and I wet some lines and visited the Northeast Swimbait Expo this week while Sean continued his season prep. And just the tip this week, uh, we're revisiting versatility and bait of the week. We have uh, info on some blade baits. Chronic Trips Tourney is open for registration and more is coming. We've got all sorts of March madness, so grab a drink, hold tight. Jigs and Bigs is posting up on your asses. Get yourself something to enjoy. We'll be back right after this. Jig head action all over the place. We got Laura joining us saying good evening, gentlemen. We got Cheryl Bentley joining us as hey guys, looking forward to a good show. You know what, Cheryl? So am I. So am I. Uh, we've got a good one for you. Benio Outdoors is with us. He says he's recovering from yesterday. It was cold as hell. He got on some Lakers. If you want to drop some details in the comments, Binya, we'd uh, we'd love to talk about that. And uh, I, he sent some pics over of uh, some of the Lakers that they were catching. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit jealous, to tell you the truth. I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, we got I got freaking skunked significantly. But before we go any further, uh, I want to jump in and do a little bit of housekeeping here. It's just some stuff that you guys need to know about. First and foremost... If you love Jigs and Bigs, you're listening to the show and you're like, God, I love these three sons of bitches. How can I, you know, uh, represent this uh, appreciation I have for them and all of the tomfoolery they give to me on a seven day window? Uh, you can do so simply by by grabbing some Jigs and Bigs merch. You can do so at jigsandbigs.com. Our store's right there. In fact, we just launched a brand new shirt. We've got info about that coming up. Uh, you can also follow us on all of our social media. We, uh, we're, we're doing a lot on Instagram. Instagram is probably where we're most active. And then immediately following that is our Facebook page. Just search Jigs and Bigs for both of those. And of course, you can follow all of our individual uh, profiles and everything and be a part of it. Uh, and then finally, uh, reviews. Reviews and ratings are huge for any podcast, really. What uh, what we can do for what we would appreciate from you is if you're listening on Apple Podcast, throw uh, a, a review together and a rating. Give us a star rating, and uh, and you know if you have a few words uh, of of encouragement or or even uh, you know constru- constructive criticisms, we're open to that as well. Go ahead and let us know what you think of the show on Apple Podcast. You can also give us a star rating yeah, uh, on uh, Spotify as well. You don't even have to be following us on Spotify though. You should do that as well. There's hundreds of you that do, and we appreciate you and love you all. <laughs> Um, I of if you're if you're uh, uninitiated and, and don't know, I am Bobby Rose Beef, and I'm joined here with uh, Sean the Fisherman and who the fuck is Joe Brown? We have a hell of a show for you this week, guys. Gentlemen, how are you guys this week? How's everything going? Phenomenal. <sighs> yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, we're I'm hanging in there. I'm all right. We're we're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're we're ready to pick some shit up here and run with it. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. Um, Lauren chimes in. She says, Joe is looking like Rudy tonight. 
and Binya nice feather feathery hair going on tonight. That's what it is. Thanks, Lauren. Binya chimes and he says uh, his conditions when he was out on the water. He goes, 37 degree water. My dumbass thought uh, I would find smallmouth and I was very wrong. So he changed gears and trolled jerkbaits for Lakers instead. Hey, man, that's what I call turning shit into ice cream. That's that's the name of the game. You got to roll with it. <coughs> we uh, it, it was kind of a, an interesting week. Um, I'm going to go kind of through my week sort of chronologically. Uh, after I put the show together and edited that, got everything all, all set up, um, I am recovering from probably one of the nastiest little uh, head and chest colds that I've had in a while. You guys can probably still hear some of it. I don't love it. But uh, I did something finally that I've been just, I've repeatedly been putting on the back burner, and um, it's because I'm a lazy ass. Uh, we released finally the Ditch Pickle Tickler shirt. Released it for you guys. That is the wrong button. That's the button that we wanted. <laughs> the Ditch Pickle Tickler shirt, of course, is, uh, you know, you guys might remember. I think it actually originated with a conversation with Ken Wood, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was Ken who talked about, we were discussing measuring your catches for catch photo release. And he mentioned kind of applying a little stimulation to the to the anal fin uh, of the of 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 the catch while it's on the board and it relaxing and of course you can't say something like that to the individuals that are on this live stream right now recording this podcast and not have them carry that directly into the gutter which is exactly what happened it, let's let's be honest it wasn't the anal fin it was straight up the anus it was the straight up butthole yeah which the i mean butthole yeah I so it was it was interesting. Um, we took that and kind of ran with it. We kind of talked about it on the show, but then Mike Mariani, uh, who is uh, a regular at uh, well, he's a, he's a jig head, but he's also a regular at uh, a couple of my trivia nights. Decided to make Ditch Pickle Tickler his team name, and this is like a year ago. And I was just like, that needs a T-shirt, man. We got to do something. So found an artist uh, a while ago. Which which if there was one good thing that came out of that relationship with this one artist, it's this one design. Holy shit! And uh, it's it's a doozy. It is an absolute doozy. I threw it out on Instagram. I put a reel together with you know a bunch of the stock photos with models wearing the shirt, and the reaction is nothing short of legendary. People really, really seem to be into this. You sick sons of bitches, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna run with it and have some have a good time with it. Uh, Cheryl's chiming in here. She says that didn't work too great for me though. I tried. Got to you got to work on that technique, gotta Cheryl. Work it works. It. Yeah, it, it works. I I, I mean you know. It. Seen it in action. Practiced it. We're voyeurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that for me was uh, like one of the, the probably the biggest accomplishment of the week overall. And then, you know, I had gotten out a couple of times to fish here and there. All fruitless. We have had this has been a weird ass week for weather. Um, you remember last week's show? We initially started talking about. It. I think I got out on Monday for uh, an hour or two, and it was absolutely fruitless. Um, and that was just before the big cold front hit, and then we got dumped on with a bunch of snow, heavy heart attack snow that uh, more than I expected that we would get locally. And within I think thirty six hours, thirty two, thirty six hours, it had basically all but melted. Yep. For the most part. Um, you know, up on Mount Tom, there's still some snow. Like if you look, you know, when you're when you're on ninety one, if you're driving by and you see it, yeah, there's still snow up there, but uh locally, yeah, it all kind of started melting. And the temps kind of came back up to like that low forties 
Um, and then Friday, we actually hit 50 for a little bit, which is kind of nice. Um, I had gotten out on Friday, nothing. I think I spent three hours on Friday, just kind of diving into one spot, see what I could get a bite. Nothing, nothing at all. And I threw the kitchen sink at him too. Like I went, you know, obviously for all the, the short list of regular suspects for that cold water bite. And then I, I, I got cute with some other stuff too to see what we could get on and absolutely nothing whatsoever. And all this week I was looking forward to going out to the, uh, the, the, uh, Northeast Swimbait Expo, uh, in Sturbridge. And, uh, part of that was because I could see, uh, Spence from Berkshire Bass who had his booth set up so I could get a whole bunch of mag drafts. And that's what I did. I got, I got three. Um, I got this. This one was a recommendation. This color right here. This is an albino pearl shad. Um, this is a recommendation by Spencer himself. And I think, Joe, this is a color that you've got, right? Yep. Yeah. And then like you know how I am. Your boy loves to go when in doubt, go as natural as you can. We have a lot of stocked waters around here. So a nice rainbow trout pattern is uh, is the move. This is what they call the stealth trout. Looks awesome. And I was looking around at, at this and, and checking out the magnet. And for those that aren't like, you know, didn't really maybe understand from what we were talking about in the show, the reason why this is called the mag draft is because it's got this magnet in the belly that holds this treble hook. This treble hook is on a swivel, which is awesome because this is not a light bait. So it can be thrown pretty easy. Having that swivel there helps it kind of the hook stay in their mouth. But yeah, this magnet just holds right up in place. On the six inch, it's actually got a little bit of of space that's cut away where that that hook kind of like nestles in to the plastic a little bit. And of course, in the six inch, I had to get the uh, the yellow perch pattern, which is just absolutely awesome. And and Friday, uh, Sean the Fisherman delivered a uh, Castaic. Uh, yellow perch pattern swim bait, big, uh, big ass eight inch one as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Looking forward to it. Then Paul and I went. We hit what four bodies of water. Um, yeah, the first two we hit were local, right nearby the show. Uh, and then we decided we go and we're like, look, hey, let's just go fill our face. Let's go to the clam box. That it's, it sounds like Ooh. a plan. Yeah. So we had lunch at the clam box. Clam box, awesome. <laughs> Made a believer out of Pavlik, and uh, so we had a good lunch, if nothing else. And then we went back, and on our way back, we stopped by this one spot where I, I have had really, really good luck catching uh, sizable pickerel, like fun pickerel to catch, you know, and knowing that a little colder water, they're a little bit more active, you know, um, not would not be the case over there. Water was really low in that area, but there was grass, like already kind of like live like really bright green grass crazy like up shallow super super shallow and uh yeah so we threw a bunch of baits over there not even a nibble hit up our uh one of our local honey holes over here kind of knowing like nothing was going to come of it i did get a tap on a jerk bait over there i did get a tap on a jerk bait uh but other than that that was that was pretty much it for me um what about you guys Joe, you got some fishing in, didn't you? Yeah, I got a uh, so I wouldn't call it so much fishing. I, it was my I went out. Uh, so I also went to the swim bait expo, um, and Bobby and I'll probably get a little deeper into that. But we went there again. I the only reason where I really went there is I want to grab a couple things from Spence as well. Yep. 
So I went and uh, chatted with him. It was kind of it being local. I felt like I was being stopped by every other person, um, you know, just chatting or whatever, which I like. It was fine. Oh, yeah. But uh, after that, I did um, I did go to a local body of water where I knew chances are I w- had absolutely zero chance of getting any type of bites. All I threw was that six-inch mag draft because I know they're very uh, – they, it's a very not – finesse isn't what we talk about but it's uh it's it's a very particular way of uh retrieving those baits so i kind of wanted to get that down before i actually get on the boat and whatnot so that's basically that's basically all i did uh for fishing um you know i threw took brought the twins with me let them throw a net rig out for and catch a bunch of you know branches and trees and shit but uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah i did that and i uh yes i it was it was one of those ones that this year i'm like no no i'm not i'm not getting you untangled you're doing it yourself so yeah. there's a lot of frustration Good. from them but they got to learn um so yeah i did that I've, i i i'm I've, i feel like i'm comfortable throwing that six inch mag draft now so I'm, I'm excited to throw that uh when i get out on the water on the boat but uh yeah other than that it was uh I was supposed to pick up the boat this weekend. Uh, I'd mentioned that earlier before we went live, but uh, I stored in a heated a heated uh, warehouse um, up actually by Cabela and North uh, by Cabela's. Oh, all right. And I reached out. I reached out to the gentleman, and unfortunately, his uh, his mom passed away in Colorado. Oh, so. all right. Yeah, so he's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I can get someone someone to get there, and like, I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I don't. I don't need it right now. It's like, you know, just he's supposed to be back in like five days. I was like, just hit me up when you get back and yeah. we'll figure it out. That's I'm not worried about it. Um, yeah, just finished getting all my stuff together. Um, it's in the garage stage, ready to go on the boat. And that's about it. Nice. You guys did. You guys did more fishing than I did. I'm I'm in prep mode and I had a couple follow up things happen. But I, I have mm-hmm. uh, right now, if you walk into my house, um, the dining room table in front. I laid a sheet over it and it is completely covered in all the shit that I have to fit into, uh, you know, my tackle bag and, um, and all my, my plastics bags. So I'm, I'm going to be hopefully working on that this week. Um, of note, I did, uh, I did get a little trip down to, um, to bar taco. Oh, good old bar taco. Bobby, I discovered something. Should we decide to bar taco it up again at any point in the future? All right. We are doing it. On a Sunday, as they open, oh, there were there were for for a solid twenty minutes from eleven to eleven twenty, maybe eleven thirty. There were no more than ten people in that restaurant. Oh, the wow. food came out quick. Yep, it was because we've gone there and you know we we've we've talked quite a bit about Bar Taco on the show and the food, but it's always packed. And oh, it's yeah. Every no matter, time I've gone, it's been packed. Yeah, kitchens are not magic places. They yeah. are magic places, but not in magic where time can be defied when cooking food exactly. Properly. Yeah. So um we had man, we ate a ton of food today. So I met I met uh Lauren and Derek down there. Nice. And the reason for this was twofold. So I helped out three bells. Um I helped out three bells with a rather nasty task in between the two show seasons. Yep. And uh my the deal was made for some bar taco afterwards. So that was Number one, but number two, as I mentioned last week or the I don't know the week before, whenever the, whenever I mentioned it, um, I was waiting on a part for my uh, for my boat. I was waiting on the uh, the transducer mount pole for my forward facing sonar. So I have to 
hook that all up. I got it. They pass it off today. He said, here you go, Sean. I said, thank you. And uh, then we ate Bar Taco and plotted and planned for the rest of the season. And we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, Three Bells. Three Bells has some saltwater events coming up. We're, we're, we will sure to be talk about one of which uh, one of which I had some fun helping name. So we're going to get oh, more into right, that all right. down down the road. It's not important right now. But yeah, if uh, if you're interested in having a little bit of fun in the salt in the summer, keep keep your ears tuned to Jigs and Bigs. We, can, we got some Three Bells info for you. Nice. Um, I got two follow-ups, and then I've got something to possibly get angry at, but I can't super get angry about it, but we'll yeah. talk about that in a second. Yep. So uh, I mentioned last week that my son and I my son and I were fucking on That's Monday right. Night Raw, Yep. and this morning I heard Jim Cornette's new podcast, and they did mention it. Unfortunately, my name didn't get mentioned, but that's you know not a big deal. The fact that Cornette, I made Jim Cornette chuckle on air, I'm good. Yeah. I'm pretty happy. It's, that's that's I t- a I was, bucket list checked right there. I was talking with my brother about it, yeah, and I said... So that's twice in my life I've made any sort of celebrity laugh personally. Yep. Uh, Jim Cornette is the latest, but I think I did. I talk about this on the show when uh, I, I think I told you, Joe, about the uh, the USO show I had on one of my tours of duty. <laughs> kind of rings did a I? bell. Okay, I, so it, it was. It does ring a bell. I don't remember no, who it was though. It was uh, Drew Carey's version of "Whose Line Is It Anyways," which did bring some of the classic that's characters right. back. Right. Nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> There was a, there was a, a crowd participation part and, um, Greg Proops was doing the narrating. We all remember Greg from the Greg's awesome. original, yeah, the British version. He was an American guy, was on the British version and, um, <laughs> he was doing this, uh, crowd participation part and they needed two body parts. Now we're in uniform, even though it's the desert, we're supposed to be letting loose a little bit, right? Um, people were scared to say things. I was not. Of course <laughs> so, not. No. Be, you know, he's like, I need two body parts. Crowd participation. You hear people going foot, hand, back. And you're like, I as loud as I, I as loud as I could Jane. yell, taint. <laughs> 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 so I yell taint. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I yell taint and there's quiet. And then people start laughing after Greg turns to Drew Carey and goes, that dude out there said taint. I haven't said taint in like 10 years. <laughs> So I got worked into the bit and afterwards it was a, there was a meet and greet. Everyone had, they were handing out five by sevens. You could get them signed and everything. And I went up to Greg and I said, Hey, I'm your taint guy. <laughs> had a nice conversation with Greg Proops about a taint in the middle of the desert and fucking whatever it was, I don't know, oh, early God. 2000s. So yeah, that's, but to get them to stop the show because I yelled out taint was fucking phenomenal. But so uh, all I got to say is uh, that was a cool mention that I made Jim Cornette and his co-host last uh, co-host uh, laugh. And how, uh, many, how many E9s gave you the death stare after that? Oh, dude, there were officers there. I got a lot of death stares. <laughs> and I was I didn't have a lot of rank on my arm at that point. I was yeah, a, right. That was a, that was a ballsy gambit right there. <laughs> and yeah. it paid off. Um but uh, yeah, if uh, I know this is completely off topic, but if anybody, particularly guys our age, like to listen to wrestling podcasts. Jim Cornette's a historian. It's amazing the stuff that he knows because he just, it, he loves it the way we love fishing. You yeah. know what I mean? So get out there and uh, check out Jim Cornette if you're into the wrestling stuff. Um, I do have another follow-up. Yep. So this is, this, this will file this in the category of spoke too soon. After we talked about the lead law stuff last yep. week, right? Oh yeah. That's Today, right. Oh. The fucking day after I got a, an email that I, they obviously, I, the show hadn't even dropped. I got an email from the contact I had at the Fish and Wildlife Department, and they clarified it a little bit and actually sent pictures, which was really nice. That's way more helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. It turns out 
so it's not just a jig head with a little bit of dressing on it is legal. What the definition of a lure versus a jig head is, is it has to have a blade or an arm with it. So a chatter bait and a spinner bait and an underspin, for example, yeah. are considered lures. A regular jig head attached to a plastic yeah. or a crappie jig with some bucktail on is not, and those must be lead free in the state. Um, what I didn't ask was, and a follow up is, what about concealed jig heads? So like tubes. Oh yeah. Or does that or does that fall under jig head? Because you know the point of this law is to keep loons from eating these things. If if the tube falls off or disintegrates in the water, and you're left with a jig head. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. You know, I don't know. So. Um, I'll do more research on that, but just wanted to clarify for everybody. That was the word, the, the word on the street, as they say, of course, I got it a day after we recorded and I got very passionate about it and fucking here we go again. I got so, some tungsten in my trunk. If you need some, <laughs> it's in my, it's in my white van. <laughs> Come on in. Um, the only other thing I have, and I want oh, to talk about this. The fuzz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Never mind that tungsten. I got the fucking, I've got an alloy, bismuth tin. Come on. Fucking ever huff this shit. <laughs> um, the last thing we talked about before we, uh, in our little pre-production meeting here that was going to be filed under FTG, but I don't have enough. I didn't have enough evidence, enough, enough hard evidence, but my eyebrow was raised. I went over my, my bridge near me by the, uh, my oh, yeah. bridge, you know, the one yeah. I, the one I own. I went over a bridge near me, um, over the Connecticut river and I saw someone, and what appeared to be a recreational kayak right, yep. on Friday because of the warm temperatures. And I cannot verify what they were wearing or if they were following PFD laws, but I raised an eyebrow because they were just too far away. So I would have loved to have brought this up and brought, made this an FTG, but I just, I didn't have the evidence. Although no, Nothing concrete to be able I understand that. Chances are based on what we've seen over the years in our area, that fucker was probably wearing, you know, jeans, a sweatshirt, no PFD, and possibly some, you know, was probably had fucking a belt made of lead on at yeah. this point. That's where people are at. So um, that was my week. That was my week. Oh, and you know what? One last thing. I did stop at Cabela's on the way back from. Um, yeah. On the way back from from Bar Taco today. And this is where it pays off to know your products, folks. I wanted to buy a certain kind of tackle box. Yep. There's a there's a size I buy. It just it doesn't matter because fucking I don't care what people buy for tackle boxes. But I, I usually buy the uh, the Flambeau waterproof tough tainers, and the size I buy is the waterproof uh, WP five thousand five. Yep. those fit. I can fit six of those perfectly into the um, the feel free box that I have. The feel free tackle crate or whatever yep. the hell they call it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love those. Yeah, and I love the waterproof aspect of it. Even though I really don't need it anymore because of the um, because of that feel free box i went to cabela's and they had three larger sizes the, the 5005 the 5001 and another one yeah hanging on the rack and the 5001 is deeper it's like two plus inches deep but it's the same size oh gotcha. uh, the other dimensions are the same size as yep. the the 5001 and i've said before that 5001 i like it because it's got shall we call them four horizontal rows but then there's one space that's blocked off that you can put spinner baits in. If you just cut it, it can be, it can be managed a little better. And, um, I didn't want this deeper box. I wanted the, the two 5,005s and I, the, the 5,001 had a 1999 price tag on it. And I'm like, there's no way 
that these smaller boxes that take, you know, use less plastic are yeah. going to be more expensive. Exactly. They're not as deep. So I said, well, I'll bring it up to the register. Of course, today's Sunday. It's starting to get warm out. Every register had 20 people in it. I'm like, oh, shit. I couldn't find one of those price scan things, and I didn't see anybody with a scanner. So I just went up front and said, oh, I'm going to risk it. <sighs> and I got there, and I, and I saw the price on the box, and they rang up as, as even though the, the UPC was correct, that rang up in the thing, the price was off. It was 19.99. I said, there's no way. Yeah, there's absolutely fucking no way. Uh, you, and these, um, these are those like the gray, smoky tuftainers, the blue yes. handles. Yeah, the blue, no, no, the no, blue no, handles no. and the blue gaskets. Yep. Yeah, there's so, no way. Yeah. Well, I, I again, the deeper ones, yes. Yeah. But the other ones should sure. have been around like twelve to fifteen dollars. Yep. I mean, it's Cabela's, probably be fifteen. Yeah. But I had a gift card. I had to buy some line, which I'll get into in a second. I, I made a little discovery about that, and. I'm sitting there going, okay, it's ringing up as 5,005. I looked at the UPC. That's ringing up too. Then I went, I said, I'm not buying these. I just bought the line, left, went to my car, brought up Cabela's.com. Yep. They were ringing up as 1999. So that's system wide. So if you're looking to buy those, either complain or don't buy them from Cabela's. No offense to Cabela's, but your price is, your price is wrong on this item, folks. Kind of a niche thing that I like, but whatever. Um, And then I looked it up. I just typed in a search for WP 5005 and they all came up anywhere from 10 to $15. So something, something was wrong in Cabela's system. Um, Actually the cheapest place I found them. Here's a good tip. Cheapest place I found them was uh, 10 or $11 from Walmart. The shipping was, uh, was six bucks, but if you fucking buy enough of them, you're going to be covered. Like I'm planning on buying, I think six, whatever. Yeah. Um, To finish this rant about Cabela's pricing and actually end it on a high note. Did I ever tell you the other type of fluorocarbon I've used in my life that I trust besides Invisex? Besides Invisex? I think you've mentioned it. The Bass Pro XPS. See, I like XPS. I did. Yeah. But there was a, there was an issue with it is that it wasn't precision spooled, so that lends itself to deformities in the line. And yeah. I said, I'm going to pony up for the Cabela's. Or for yeah. the, uh, excuse for me, the for the Invisex. Invisex. Yeah. Well, I, I just on a whim, took a peek at one of the spools at XPS today. Yep. And I needed 20 pound and I bought a 200 yard spool of it because it is now precision wound. Oh, that really? was the only flaw. So that I might be switching over because it is cheaper significantly. Yeah, it is. So and there's you know, a tip for folks. There, yeah. there is a, a lot of people talk about the, the Bass Pro brand of everything. And I mean, obviously like they're not churning out their own products of everything. I mean, they have their brands on stuff, but I'm, I would be curious, like, what do you think, who do you think is the actual manufacturer of that? Cause I'm sure they're just buying it in bulk and then putting their labels on it. I, well, I mean, I thought fluorocarbon, and I might be wrong on this, but I thought fluorocarbon was similar to batteries where there's only so many factories in the world that make them. And the specific the specifications are, yeah. you know, like to, to a little bit they, off here how and there, they order it. Yeah, but it's the same people making it. Yeah. So that's my understanding. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. But again, that all the specs for between the Bass Pro shops and the Invisex are so close. Yeah. And the only thing I was worried about was non precision precision spooling because I've seen that shit really. I mean, bunch up in spots. It sucks. Yeah, you can yeah, feel yeah. it sometimes. And um, whether it's whether it's mono or floral, I, all I buy now is precision wound stuff. Yep, it's more consistent. And um, now that the XPS is 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 precision, precision wound, wound um, why not? I'm going to give it a real run this year and see what's what's see, going on. I remember the last time I spooled my my the the uh, reel that I use on my frog and combo. Um, I use fifty pound braid because up here, you know. 
<laughs> the our heavy cover is different than it is down south. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fifty For is the most part. Is, yes. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, I'm only going to throw sixty five if if I have to. Like I'll respool if I need to, you know, for that. But 50 for the most part, I've never had an issue with. So that's what I like. And I think it was actually the trip. I think it was the trip to Maryland. Actually, Delirious and I stopped at a Bass Pro on the way down, risked our lives in, in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, risked our lives. <laughs> and uh, I stopped and I'm like, I need some 50 pound braid. And I was looking at, you know, to me, I feel like braid Braid's almost kind of just braid. Like it, you know what I, I know that there's there's different types of braid, there's different counts of strands, some are smoother than others, things like that. But generally, as far as like reliability and you know, strength, like I mean to, to me, braid is braid. So I'm 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 very much more willing to take a chance on braided line than anything else. You know? Yeah. So I saw this spool of the XPS Bass Pro, the braid, the 50 pound braid, and I bought some and I spooled up my reel. I think the first night we got down to, uh, to Cody's. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I can't believe it. So, I mean, I would, I would take a shot on their floral. Yeah. Like you I know? said, I, when I was in Oklahoma, yep. I had the option. They have Invisex there, and I was yeah. so used to using it, and I still do, but I tried the Bass Pro stuff. and It's a little less expensive, but it was just bunched up, and I said, eh, fuck it. I'm going back to Invisex, and I've done that for years, but now that problem is gone, so I'm going to give it another shot. See, sometimes, you know? man, I gotta, I'll got i be this – is, this is one of the fucking dirty little secrets of Bobby Rospe's fishing practices. <sighs> fishing line can be so expensive, man. It really oh, can ridiculous. be. It's unreal. And I've been in the aisle recently and I've been like, okay, so I can get a spool of this. I need, you know, a 20, I need a 14. I need, you know, these are the spools that I need. And I'm looking at the numbers adding up and I'm like, well, they got what I want in vanish and it's half the price. And I, I haven't had an issue yet. I've heard a lot of people who, who have had issues. I'm not saying that I won't have an issue. I very well could. That could potentially change my mind. I haven't had an issue yet, but like I've had to make that budget, you know, call. I've even looked at uh, the red label uh, cigar and even that isn't really that much cheaper. I I would rather buy the Invisex if I'm going to buy cigar, you know? So that, so this year I actually, um, I actually just spooled a couple rods up with it the other night, but I went, I'm giving that, uh, the basics a try the cigar basics. I, I don't know if you guys have seen I haven't that. tried that at all. No. no. Yeah, yeah it's, that, it's 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 cheaper than the Vanish, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it precision wound? Yep. It is. Oh, all right. That's good. Good to know. Yeah, it is. I've had I've had enough negative experiences over the years with that Vanish. Yeah. That, I get it. That you know. Yeah. It, it was rough for me. Um you write a fucking book on that, but like, especially it was one of the first fluoros I learned to throw too. So that probably compounded it. But, um, yeah, that, that I, could I, be I, it. Yeah. That, that Seaguar once, once I put those, pulled those two fish out of what was, you know, wilderness in a pond <laughs> with, with yep. 20 pound tests that yeah. sold it on me. That was, I got that line back and it looked like it'd been through a fucking wood chipper, yeah. and, you know, an eight Oh and an eight four, Literally out of an arbor, a row of you're arborvitaes. Like, you're <laughs> like running your fingers along it to find nicks and impurities, and it's scraping the the fingerprints yeah. off your finger. Yeah, no, no, no. It was I get it. It was harder to find fucking 
clean spots. Jimmy fucking Hoffa. Like, yeah. I, I had, <laughs> it was, no, Andy's Ramba found him <laughs> under a fucking <laughs> bench at Denny's. Denny's and that's right. I forgot. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I'm going to give the Bass Pro Shops a whirl. Um, unfortunately, I did buy a couple of spools uh, with gift cards of the Seaguar. Not unfortunately, it's just par for the course. But as those spools get get run down, I'm going to just completely switch over to yeah. Bass Pro and see what happens. <clears throat> um, I do want to comment on one comment here. Uh, Binya, these goddamn loons are making fishing expensive. That's if you're yes, in one way, if you're replacing everything with tungsten, absolutely. Tin bismuth mixes are out there that yeah. are not that bad. Yep. No, you're, 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 they're almost, they're either cheaper or comparable depending on where you buy them. So <laughs> and no, that's kind I, of a myth. I, I will say that like, man, tungsten is, if you want to count rocks, tungsten's your yep. go-to man. Like I, there's a reason, but it's, you don't have to use tungsten all the time for every single, you know, presentation. Yeah, um, exactly. It's all about like, <laughs> A big, a big thing, I, and we could talk about this for hours, but uh, I see a lot of people that, you know, you mentioned the Count Rocks. They're like, you know, I want to feel everything when I'm down there. So they'll buy the tungsten, but they have some shitty fucking rod that's got zero, you know, zero, zero sensitivity. sensitivity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like, yeah, oh, throw tungsten yeah. on my ugly stick. Uh, I used to see that a lot. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. You know, that's a really, really good point. Like, it does you no good if you don't have sensitive enough gear to. And I'll be honest with you, man. When I was throwing, um, what what the hell was the name of those? I'm looking at one right now. The uh, the vengeance uh, rods. Yeah. Like for the money, if you need to put together a small lineup, all right, they're great. But when I switched over to to to, I wouldn't even say high end rods, but just better rods in that like hundred dollar, you know, hundred twenty dollar category. Um, the sensitivity is insane, especially like night and day. Yeah, especially like on my uh, on my my seven three medium light. Like I like to throw like tungsten neds, you know, because of that reason. Where it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm you know. But there's some some situations you just don't need to do that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We. Uh, but that's the end of my rant and possible methods of savings. Um, I do. <laughs> look at I this. Jump look in. at this. This insanity. Lauren chimes in. She goes, "How dare you say my Barbie princess isn't sensitive? No, that's she's sensitive. She's sensitive, <laughs> all right. <laughs> we uh." We should make mention one of our jig heads had a birthday recently. Yes. And it's exploding in the comments right now. So happy birthday, Chrissy. Chrissy, happy birthday. Chrissy, Chrissy, as Barbara Wawa says, Chrissy Wad (laughs) Willowitz. I can say that I'm Polish. Leave me alone. It's true. It's true. Um, again. Chrissy Rad Willowitz. So Chrissy, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. That's all I got. That was my week. My week sucked. Man, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a rough week. Um, not a whole lot going on. Uh, I definitely want to talk. We're close though. We are close. We are close. We're We're very close. close. I will say this much. Um, there's one thing that I, I think between the trip to chick and then the, the subsequent trips out that I've had, there's one thing I really want to do. And I'm glad Sean, that you mentioned that, that feel, feel free bag, because I have been taking quite literally all of my tackle that I have. Uh, like specifically with hard baits and I've been categorizing them in different boxes and literally taking every single thing on the water. And 
this year I want to change that. I want to organize that bag more. Um, you know, I've been using a day box, but I want to use, I want to create like, okay, so this is for, you know, jerk baits and these jerk baits, maybe I don't always take that box out, you know, or yeah, I, like, especially like we're talking like swim baits earlier with like the mag drafts and stuff. Um, one of the things that I was at the, actually at the swim bait show for was to looking for a good, looking for a good storage solution for these larger baits. You know, yeah. I mean, n- not even like the six inch, but I would say like the eight inch plus baits, the big, the big weights that are wakes that are like four and a half, six ounces that I've got the MS slammers, things like that. And usually what I do is I've got those little hook caps that I can pop on to keep them safe. But I have a 3,700 box with zero dividers. It's totally empty. And hey. I've been, I've been, what's that? That's a, that's a 3700 is bigger, right? Or is that a smaller one? 3700 is bigger. It's, it's a bigger the, one. The, yeah, the that's what I use. Too. Yeah. So I've got a 3700 size box um, with no dividers in it at all. And I've been putting all of the swim baits that I have in there. Well, this thing is just like squeezed. It's packed. There's too much stuff in there. I got to strip it down. We'll go ahead and uh, and, and move things you know, out uh, a little bit at a time. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually use that box as a large swim bait day box. So that box might stay in the the that feel free bag on the boat or if I'm taking just my you know my swim bait combo out uh and I'm I'm just gonna be throwing swim baits I'll take that as my day box and I'll basically pull from something else. I couldn't find a solution anywhere in the in the swim bait show for storage. I found some Z Man bags but I would have needed several of these and it just it would have been made a mess. I think yeah, you know I, what you know what I might suggest for that that um, would probably work for baits that size is start looking in the saltwater section and the surf casting section for boxes like that. There's all sorts of boxes that are made for big plugs, big swim baits. Well, because that's what you're throwing. That's you know? what it is. And what I'm actually thinking about doing, and I think this might be the move because it can I can grow with it. Is I'm I think I'm going to go to Harbor Freight and I'm going to get one of those Apache boxes. Like I use one for the podcast stuff. I have yep. a small one for like a, a wireless microphone setup that I use that's battery operated. And somewhere in between those two sizes, I think I'm going to get one. And as I build that collection, I can change out the levels of foam that are in there. So oh, there the internal space can adjust so I don't have all of these loose baits just like jostling all over the place. So I think that might be the move. We'll have to play it by ear and see. Yeah. Okay, I didn't even think about Harbor Freight. That's another good spot. Yeah, I was like, I think for the money, because it's a waterproof, it's 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 watertight, and it's it's also dustproof. So I mean, it's it's actually just as protective as any of the those those other flambeau boxes that I've been using. Um, there is one other box though that I am also considering changing, and it's not a flambeau; it's a Plano Edge. Have you guys seen this Plano Edge spinnerbait box? I've seen box? them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the series today. I was looking at them. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, that's kind of cool because it lays them down flat. And you can see it's not that horizontal where they're hanging, which is awesome. You know, and if you've got, if you're on a, a big boat, then you've got the space to be able to store that. But storing that, I think, in a kayak is kind of odd. And I think that might be one of the things. Because, like, right now, that's another another example. I have... Basically, a, a thirty seven hundred box that's just shit with skirts, and it's buzz baits, spinner baits, and all my jigs. And we talked, Sean, about how I want to change what I'm doing with jigs, as far as how I'm dragging them out. I kind of want to treat them more as terminal tackle and build them on the on the fly as needed, you yep. know. Um, so it's just 
just ideas that I'm playing with to kind of like streamline, be a little bit more efficient, uh, and also get a little bit more, um, you know, the day box is a great idea and I love it. I'm not going to stray from that. That's great just to have stuff right underneath me. Like on under my seat in my kayak, I've got that day box and my terminal tackle. Pretty much everything I need. Between that and my, my plastics uh, wallet, I mean, I've got pretty much everything that I need. We'll talk about all this shit later, but what do we have here? Oh, Vinny's got some stuff for us. He says, be careful the latches on those edge boxes. I've heard. <coughs> I've heard it's like a love-hate with some folks. Like some people have, have no issues whatsoever. Some people, they, uh, they get kind of tricky with. There's another one, too. I think it's called Busby. Busby. Busby, yeah. I'm I think it's it's like um each box has like a small container with its own lid, which is kind of cool because you can customize what you're doing. I think uh, Bugs Busby or something like that. I'm not sure. And then he says if you don't close them right, they'll open up uh and make your make you shit your pants when your baits come back at you. <laughs> All right, fair, fair. I don't want to buy those. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that might be a bit much. He says, I have a terminal box and ended up with a lap full of hooks uh, about concern for your chunk. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Although, I mean, yeah, I could see where that could be a mess. Figuratively and literally. Goodness. What else do we have going what? on in this round? Oh, I know what we got to talk about in this in this uh, little little deal. So we have some congratulations to throw out. Some congratulations on a new engagement. Uh, we have uh, Michael Davidson and his uh, his girlfriend, uh, Lexi, had uh, recently, uh, well, Michael had uh, proposed on the banks of a local body of water. They're uh, a young couple in uh, South Carolina. And um, I had, right after we recorded the show last week, I had shared uh, a post um, from... Well, this is originally put out by uh, Barstool Outdoors, I believe. Yep, Barstool Outdoors had shared this, and I had gone ahead and shared this as well. I do this all the time, usually two, three times a week. I'll go ahead, I'll find some kind of a post where I feel I can make some sort of a comment on and and throw it out there and just kind of like, you know, put my two cents on, and it gets a conversation going. And ultimately, it does put more eyes on what we're doing on our profile. It's part of the way that we grow. And it works, you know, you share things that people can relate to. It's a good thing. <clears throat> I've never seen numbers like this. Um, you want to talk about the reach. So total plays that this is, has, has seen 1,447,696. That is three times the most viewed uh, piece of content that we've posted. Uh, it's three times more than, than the previous leader which is within the last two years. That's as far back as it will let me, you know, do the filter. So going back in the last two years for number one is almost a million and a half. Number two is just, just under a half million or just over a half million rather. It's fucking nuts. It's fucking bananas. Now I got to say this too. There's uh what do we have for likes? 26,518 likes. 
that's a shitload of likes, man. I mean, yeah. and thank you guys for the engagement on the post. Again, <clears throat> congratulations to both Michael and Lexi. Uh, super stoked for them. I did mention in my post, part of the reason why I shared this was that, you know, I am a uh, wedding <clears throat> DJ and officiant and uh, do travel and could definitely uh, make it worth, you know, uh, fitting in a, a, a fishing trip in South Carolina while I'm uh, while I'm down there. Uh, we had as far as shares, we had eleven hundred shares. We had uh, over two thousand saves, uh, and one hundred sixty three comments. Most of which, as everybody knows, most of which were unbelievably positive. And congratulations to the young couple. But holy Jesus, there are some people who are just absolute pieces of shit out there. I don't want to dive into these comments <laughs> yeah. here or anything because I th- I don't know that Michael and Lexi are going to listen to this show. I mean, probably not. They don't give a shit. They got a wedding to plan. Uh, but oh my God, some of the shit that some of these people said, like, who the fuck hurt you? Who hurt you? You goddamn pieces of shit. It is ridiculous thank you though for the engagement i have reached i just let it go i just i'll I'll take it i will take it but oh my god let a motherfucker be happy (laughs) now have you guys watched the reel i did yeah Yeah. i watched it yep (laughs) one of the things that came up multiple times lexi says she's going to cast and i don't know what it was that she was casting but it seemed like it was a pretty heavy bait and this rods, you know, uh, winding up and she goes to go and she, she, he, he goes to get behind her to get down on one knee and get the ring. And she's like, watch out. Don't get in into my tossing zone. And like the comments just had a field day with that. And then I guess like Ugh. when she saw the ring, she dropped the rod <laughs> Multiple people yeah, were she like flung that thing. Yeah. She, <laughs> once she saw the ring, she was like, what the fuck? And then, so he's like, you know, people are just like, oh, if she dropped my rod like that, oh, no, no, deal's off. It's over. It's a game changer. And I'm sure some of those folks are just being funny. Some of those people were serious. And I'm like, get over yourselves. Oh, my God. Just let a motherfucker be happy. So congratulations to them. I'm st- I'm stoked for them. We had, unfortunately, we actually had tried to, I reached out to Michael and uh, tried to get them on the show, but things didn't work out. They weren't able to make the, uh, the, the, the recording. Who knows what will happen in the future, but congrats, guys. We're, uh, we're psyched for you. And again, if you need a, uh, an, an, a fishing-minded disc jockey, you know, if you want to kind of keep this theme going, give, give your boy a call. Slide in my DMs. We'll work something out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What else do we have here? Do you guys, do you guys want to cover a little bit in depth before we take a break about the, uh, about the, uh, the swim bait show? Because we only barely touched yeah, on it. Yeah, we that. barely touched on it. Yeah. Hit it. Hit it, gents. All right. So, swim bait show. I had, uh, you know, this week I was looking forward to it. And I had I had seen a, a number of posts. Um, I think uh, it was so, so um, Josh Scaife, friend of the show. You've heard him on the show a couple of times. He's a local guy, like a hammer when it comes to catching giants. And uh, he was working with, at the, uh, the Lanciati table, which was the big draw. The Lanciati table at this show was was crazy. There were folks that were there so far in advance. They had limited numbers, and they were sold out in less than an hour. Everything from that booth was gone. <coughs> so I, I'd seen a, a post come up before uh, from uh, from Josh, and I was going back looking for it, and I just searched Swimbait Expo on Facebook, and I saw a post there. And the time that I saw said that doors were at 8 o'clock. So my thought was I'd get up nice and early, give Paul a call, see what's up. 
I pick up the Polish hammer about 7.30. We hit the road. We got there just after 8 o'clock, which is kind of what I was expecting. I knew that there was going to be a line. I figured this way most of it would, or at least it would be on its way in. We could join it in progress and then be good to go. Dudes, we got there at just after 8, and apparently doors didn't open until 10, which that sucked. So we... I got the, I got the 10 o'clock flyer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had gone and, you know, we, we waited in line. We made some friends, you know, we did, did some talking, handed out some jigs and big stickers and, uh, you know, met a couple of dudes from New Hampshire. I forget their names. I'm a piece of shit. Uh, if you guys are listening, shoot me a DM and remind me I'm a piece of shit and I'll, I'll give you a shout out on, on next week's show. But uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. We had some good conversations. We had a good time. You know, definitely talked talk quite a bit about the show. Josh came out, recorded some video, and then went back in. We went in there, and I mean, we were in and out in 15, maybe 20 minutes with a bathroom break on the way out. It was, it was so small. And I got to be honest with you. There were a lot of filler booths in there. Like, there were yeah. multiple jerky booths. There was a booth that was selling, <laughs> like, seasonings and sauces. There was yeah. another booth, and I forget if it was, like, it might have it might have been solar, but it was either like solar or like gutter protection or something like that. There was they a had lot the gutter. Of they had the gutter protection. Yeah. They, they had a they had a few like that. I think they might have had both. I think they had gutter and sun. I mean, like don't solar. get me wrong. The vendors that were there were all awesome. The ones that were the actual <laughs> yeah. you know fishing yeah. and swim bait vendors, they were all yeah. awesome. I remember I saw Tom's custom baits there. Uh, yeah. I remember. Well, I stopped off obviously at the Berkshire Bass booth. That was kind of like my. Focal point. Anyway, I don't know if you guys noticed this slick new hat that I'm wearing. I did. Yeah, I am such a fucking fanboy now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm owning it. I'm owning it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you had, uh, you know, like you said, the Toms was there. And then uh, yep. Sherpa was there. That's right. Sherpa um, was there. And I was surprised that there wasn't a line for Sherpa. Like a separate line to get into like there was for Lanziotti. I th- yeah, it looked, when I, like I said, I was there. I got there probably 1130, 11, mm-hmm. Um, They didn't have much going on. Like it, it looked like they did sell quite a few. Um, they had the real prey swim baits there. That was the other one. That was those look awesome. Yeah, too. yeah, they're cool. They're they're nice swim baits. Um, but like swim bait specific, I think those were the only three. Yeah, for like a yeah. swim bait specific show. I mean, yeah. what yep. is it? Is it MGC? Is that the other one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, were there yeah. as well. They're out of the South Shore, I think. They they got some stellar stuff. You they know, really they do. do sell, you know, but you know, they had, it was funny because they had like real real prey had their own booth, but then they were also selling real prey real prey at the you know their booth as oh, well. Yeah. Yep. Um, I didn't notice that, but uh, they do have a huge and a very good sw- uh, swim bait selection. But they were also selling. I mean, they have phenomenal reels that they're selling. They had oh, all yeah. their other shit out. I almost yep. bought a Corrado. Um, that I was really? like, yeah, I was like, yeah, oh I, shit. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I got a I got a Corrado MGL recently. But uh <laughs> um yeah, I mean it, it was just maybe fishing booths, what, ten? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Ten. Um what was the ratio? So you had ten fishing booths. How many non fishing booths were there? <sighs> I, I would say uh, honestly, I would say at least forty percent of them were non fishing. Yeah, really? So, yeah. Yeah. I say I, it would probably, it's probably like maybe like my guess would be maybe 10 fishing booths and then probably five of everything. Yeah. That's, that had zero to do with fishing. Yeah. 
there was maybe 15 booths. And I, I get like, you have to do that. Like to, yeah. to, you know, because yeah. these shows are not cheap. <laughs> Like to yeah. put together the overhead and everything is crazy. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that's, you know, that I'm not, I'm de- there's no shade for me there at all. I get it. No. Like you got to fill the stuff, but like, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely better when they're, you know, at least fishing oriented, if not necessarily, you know, swim baits per se, but you know, I mean, it was very obvious that, that I, when we got in there, they were doing, like I said, they were letting people in in batches of 25 at a time. I think we were in the third batch that had gone through. That was the one that we had gone through the third or the fourth. So there was already a good amount of people in front of us. And there was a line right at the entrance coming in. And it was at the point where they were just like, look, if you're not in line for the Lanciati booth, then just go right in. Just go right. And when we went in, it was staggering how few people were walking up and down the other aisles. Yeah. It was staggering. Yeah. And I mean, it was crazy. It's just, I mean, the swim baits thing still just such a, I mean, it's still a very niche thing. um, But it's even more of a niche thing in New England. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's say 10% of fishermen, you know, throw swim, you know, big swim baits and then yep. 10% of those 10% might come from new England. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's still a very niche thing. It's still, but you know, it, and, and don't forget, like we talked about all those booths mm-hmm. had already come to uh, the other two shows. So a lot of those people might've yeah. already gone to those shows to get their shit, you know, that too, that too. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it was, it was a good show. I mean, definitely it was, and you're right. There's, there's a hundred percent a niche when it, you yeah. know, when it comes to throwing big baits, it's not necessarily something everybody does. Although I will say this, everybody that we talked to, and it might've just been just where we actually landed in line. We had, uh, you know, when, when we were in line, everybody that we talked to, cause we're all sharing fishing stories and talking about all kinds right. of stuff. Um, every single person had had stories about set, about throwing conventional tackle as well. You know, everybody, it's just, it's sure. just, that's yeah. the reality. I think, you know, for, for the most part of it, it's, it's just kind of nuts, but I definitely like in my mind, I think that consolidating all these shows into one like mega fishing show would probably be the, the best move, you know, and, and kinda, yeah. you could probably do all of this and, you know, get a, a really, really, really great turnout versus doing multiple weekends here and there. Um, you know, I got to wonder how, uh, you know, just the planning alone. Like that, I think that that's insane doing all these other shows, but it was definitely, it was definitely good. Uh, Lauren chimes in. She goes, 15 booths. She's like, yikes, that sounds like one too many shows. No comment, Lauren. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh. Goodness. Uh, it does. Yeah, it is. It is. She, she's post right here. She goes, it makes it hard to get vendors to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, definitely is. Obviously, at the price point, like at some for some of these baits, like if you sell out of your stock, like, oh, well, of course, you're going to go back. You're going to you're going to be able to move these. Sure. But like I know, and you know, you had mentioned it uh, as as well, Joe. Like a lot of these guys that are in there buying these baits, they're not necessarily buying them for themselves. They're buying them to flip them. Yeah. You know? And that's part of the yep. culture too, you know. I mean, you go out there, you you find out where there's a show going on in an area where there's or there's there's just a drop online, and then look at eBay afterwards in the the you know like the the right. four or five days following, and you'll see some of these baits popping up at price tags that are just like crazy inflated. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 
So, so I'm, I'm outside of this circle, right? Yep. You guys are dipping a toe into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I now I'm, now I'm curious. So what was the name of that swim bait? The begins with an L Lanciati. Lan- yep. Lanciati. Let's see what they got on eBay right now. <clears throat> Search for anything. L A N C I I O T T I I O T T I Lanciati. What do we got here? These are not lures. That's a shoe. Looks, <laughs> there's an author named Lanciati. That's an issue here because we're it's just. True. Yeah. <laughs> issue. See what I did there? I see what you did uh, there. This, this is a lot of. Books. Yeah, like MGC pops up in one of the first things and there's no Lanciati's available. Yeah. Sort. I want filter. We're, we're learning here on the air. We are. All listening. <laughs> um, it's the the psycho uh, the, gill is the one that's like crazy crazy famous. A psycho yeah, gill yeah. is like crazy crazy famous. Is um, psycho spelled properly or is it like it new is. metal? Nope, it's spelled properly. Um, I'm not seeing anything on here. Bunch of Rapala stuff. Yeah, why that's psycho? Okay, I don't no. know why that's psycho. I don't know what I don't know what the hell's going on here. No, I couldn't find it. Maybe I spelled it wrong. L A N C I O T T I. Yep. Oh, I don't know. I'll look for it later. Yeah. Sometimes I find my eBay app sucks a lot more dick than my uh, my eBay on the the laptop. Why I don't know. Oh like no, dick. I hear you. Lauren chimes in. She says my show dollars are precious. If I don't get a return on my dollars, I'm not going back. That's like you and everybody. There was there was one guy though that was in there, and I forget what booth it is, but he had a bunch. Of Klondike Custom Creations spinnerbaits, a bunch, like all kinds of stuff, jigs too, um, like a whole rack all hanging up there. And I, there was another another brand too that that had caught my eye. Another Rhode Island brand too. Was it Mayo or was it Fish Daddy? Hmm, I, I didn't notice them. Yeah. Oh, I, I noticed the Klondike stuff right away. I was like, oh, this looks familiar. This and looks and that, that was the crazy thing is, uh, you know, I I didn't really look at any of that conventional shit because again i'm just dipping my toes in this. yeah I'm, i i'm i mainly went to go get a couple mag drafts um but it's like i didn't even look at like there was a there was as many conventional products as there were as swim baits, swim baits. more i agree more i agree yep. and i mean you know i think that that for a lot of folks you know Really, if you're just dipping your toe in, that would be a great show to to, to be at for it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. if you're just yeah. just to kind of get in there and say, like, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think for somebody like Paul, who is like he went and he picked up a six inch mag draft, and I think yeah. that's the perfect starting point. You know, something like that. It's affordable. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, um, in the right. grand scheme of things, it's it, it's affordable. It's a great way to kind of like kind of toy a little bit and kind of kind of see what you're into and you don't need a special setup just to throw them you know right that's the beauty of it so so the the only i, I did get on ebay here on my laptop and yep. the only really uh you know like shall we say niche swim bait item is the piz beast the beast gill glide bait are either of you familiar with that yeah the piz stuff is is oh did, did you see any piz stuff at the show his no. is one uh, of those buzz brands though they might have had some at mgc now that, that might have been it you're right 
Yep. Yeah, that because I want to say I saw something a banner or something over there. They you yeah they, they didn't had a have big a booth, wall. but I think they had it at MGC. That might yeah. have been it. That could have been yeah. it. Well, this this Piz one on eBay is six hundred and forty nine dollars. Yeah, good for whoever buys that. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah. six hundred dollars. And you said it's a glide. It was the um. Here, I'll give you the name of it. It is the Piz Beast Gill Glide Bait. So it's a jointed jointed bluegill shaped glide bait. Brand new, six hundred and forty nine dollars. Holy shit! Damn man. That's yeah. a fucking that's a that's a starter's kayak, you know? Yeah. Oh, you ain't kidding, man. You ain't kidding at all. Holy shit. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> that's the only really expensive one. This again, I, I'm just looking to see what you know this world is because yep. I've really kept out of it because I know that the uh, I'm priced out, to be yeah. quite honest. No, no, no. So, I, I could definitely understand that. But like that's the yeah. thing. Like what Joe and I are talking about, like these mag drafts, these eight inch they're 25 yeah. bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a huge difference. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, that's, that's mega bass with a, yeah. with a, a reputation of being like super expensive and, you know, right. and, and rare. It's just like, yeah, that's crazy. Binion chimes in. He says, do they have loan officers at those shows? No, they don't have any financial representation at all because uh, anybody with financial responsibility whatsoever would say, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Joe, that you know, they wouldn't be a bad idea for these uh, for these swim bait companies to set up shop outside of military bases. I mean, it's On right the in there. Fifteenth, the yeah. So you, you get a place to cash your check. You got a strip joint, yeah. place to buy liquors, uh, right. place to buy tattoos, and then yep. uh, you know, used car dealership. And then, oh yeah, I need a fucking six hundred forty nine dollar yeah. glide bait. Fucking right there, boom. Watch how fast they sell them. Then I'm telling you, <sighs> it's telling crazy. You. And you know it's fucked up because the the biggest fish of the year um, <laughs> from last year that I caught came on the most expensive lure I've ever fucking bought. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Which one was that? That's the Bruce Gillis. Oh right, right, yeah, right, right. That's right. no joke. But I mean, that's that's sub two hundred. You know. Yeah. But yeah, also, yeah, yeah. it floats. I'm getting it back. Right, you know what I mean. Right. It floats. Right, I'm getting it back. I'm yeah. not worried about you. You bears climb trees. You will see this giant fat ass climb a tree to get it if I have to, uh, or I'll just cut the tree down. Yep. <laughs> Part yep. of the reason why I keep that saw and that hatchet in the back of my truck. It's like, oh, right. yeah, you're going nowhere. <laughs> I got you for three minutes of pain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need more like that. Uh, Loto Potato says, so you can get a Traeger grill for that price. Well worth it. Uh, Traegers are nice. They're nice, but your boy's old fashioned. I like to light a fire and pray. That's how I barbecue. <laughs> Say a prayer. Let's wrap this sucker up, guys. We'll get back into uh, segment number two. We're going to talk versatility in just the tip. And in uh, our bait of the week, we're talking blade baits right now. We got really, really cold water still up here in New England. And, uh, Blade baits uh, may be the move. May very well be the move. Joe's going to chime in with that. No FTG because y'all seem to be on your best behavior for one reason or another. I don't know what that's all about. We'll see you guys in a bit. Don't go too far. We'll be back in about two minutes. Hey, guys. Bobby Roast Beef here from Jigs and Bigs. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand spending money on, it's on something that's not versatile, something that I can't get a lot of use out of. 
I want to talk to you about FrostBuddy. What FrostBuddy is, is uh, it's one of those can coolers. I've seen these before. In fact, I have some that are limited to only fitting one specific size of can, like a standard 12-ounce can. I stumbled onto FrostBuddy, and I was blown away with it. So versatile. Fits standard cans, tall cans, slim cans, and even 12-ounce bottles. And the magic is the insert fits all of these items in various stages within the insert. And when you take that out, you can fit a full 16-ounce Tallboy can. In fact, it even doubles down on being versatile with the coffee lid. And on my recent trip to Chickamauga, I had a field day with this thing. I was throwing beer cans in it. I'd have coffee in the morning. On the drive, I was throwing in all different sizes of cans for different canned coffee products to keep me awake on the long drive back. It, the thing was amazing. So I recommend you check out Frost Buddy. If you're in the market for either a travel travel cup for your coffee or a can cooler at all, either one of those, check it out. For the money, you cannot go wrong. What I've done is this. In the show notes for this podcast you're listening to right now, if you look there, you'll find a link to Frost Buddy where you can get yours. And not only can you go and get your Frost Buddy there, but you can help out the show as well. Go and uh, visit that link in the show notes to this podcast. Check out a Frost Buddy. Tons of colors, tons of patterns, all kinds of great stuff. And it's a great spot to put your jigs in big sticker too. Take it from me, Bobby Roast Beef. You're going to get the most versatility out of this one product, probably out of anything you're ever going to buy, especially for anything that you're drinking. Frost Buddy. It works for me. I'm a happy guy. and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com slash shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. It's absolutely true, guys. And we're gonna we're gonna revisit just the tip here. A uh, a little bit of a of a topic that's come up uh, at least once before, probably a handful of times, if, if I'm being completely uh, honest about it. But the the subject is versatility, and I feel like versatility is something that you can you can always grow on. You know, you can always take a little bit and say and, and look look back. That they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Look back and say like, am I really using the right stuff? For this, do I really need all of these items and kind of plan out your day accordingly? One of the things as anglers that I feel we deal with all the time is the balance of I want to be able to have everything should I need it. And then the do I really need this? 
You know, do I actually really need to carry this and lug around essentially, you know, a giant military grade footlocker on my back while I'm fishing the bank or or do I have to fill every single nook and cranny on my boat? I mean, the discussion is going to vary based on your method of fishing for that outing, but it it's it's always something that's going to weigh in a little bit. So, I'm going to I'm I'm bringing this up again because when I had gone out with uh with uh, Caleb, our guide at Chickamauga, and I went, you know, Paul and I had taken this trip. <clears throat> now, excuse me, he had uh, obviously a bunch of gear for us to throw and was ready for uh, a whole lot of this stuff. But one of the things that, you know, we had, we were obviously had some concerns about rods and reels because both Paul and myself throw left-handed retriever reels. And we go into this expecting that we should be prepared. Um, you know, I mean, I've thrown some right-handed stuff before. It's just, it's awkward. I can get it done. It's a little bit awkward, just not for me, you know? Um, so what I did was instead of just bringing a bunch of reels and having to like take his shit off and put our stuff on or everything, I said to Paul, I said, let's, let's be smart. Let's plan and we'll take the minimum amount of rods that we can give ourselves a spectrum, figure out what the hell are we going to throw, you know? So I took some of this time and I, I talked to Caleb in advance and I, this is d- days before we had left. And I said, listen, what do you think we're, that we're going to be throwing for the most part? Because I, I you know, I, I don't want to bring a frogging combo if we're not going to be throwing frogs. Like if we're not going where we've got a bunch of lily pads and, you know, uh, slop that we're throwing, you know, top water on, I don't want to bother bringing it, you know, or I, I if, if we're not throwing, you know, drop shots. If you don't think we're going to be throwing that, I'm not going to bother throwing, you know, bringing that that specific combo. And I actually went back to an episode of Tackle Talk recently and listened back to like uh, an episode that Andrew Hayes had done. And everybody's going to weigh in their five their their own like two cents on this, their own opinions because you know rod selection really does a, a major portion of it does come down to personal preference, how you fish how things react with you. You can make your own judgments on things, but the idea, what what he kind of went over this when this this uh, episode was like a spectrum, you know, and within there, there are some specialty rods. Like he has a cranking stick that he puts in there, you know? Um, and I've heard this before where you'll see this, like Mike Iconelli had done, the, the three ang- uh, rods every angler must carry. <clears throat> and when something like that gets said, it's, it's you're you're talking about, not the niche baits necessarily. You're not talking about an eight inch mag draft. You know, you're talking about throwing, you know, half ounce spinner baits and jigs and chatter baits and a square bill, an underspin. You're talking about weightless soft plastics, Texas rigs. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Jerk baits, all kinds of stuff, top water, you know, um, and, and what are you going to carry and how are you going to be versatile with it? So this is going to, you know, I mean, the specifics are going to vary by angler, but look at what you're doing. And, and, and Paul did this. Um, we had taken like we he brought six rods with him down on the trip. I carry several. I mean, counting my carp rod and counting my uh, my sort of like all in one uh, spinning combo. I have two different spinning finesse combos. One I use for Ned rigs. One I use for drop shots. Uh, and that's a, a a luxury. Like when I'm on the kayak. But when I'm bank fishing, I downsize that. And I'm not always carrying everything all the time. Um, so I said to him, I go, let's look at what we've got and, 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 and put together a spectrum. So that that way, collectively, we're carrying less, but we kind of have a lot to go on. And 
what's interesting was this day that that Paul and I had gone out to fish after the swim bait show. Homeboy brought two rods for the first time, and he had a spinning combo that he left in the truck if he knew that he was going to be throwing something on that. Like if the the situation called for it, it was right there. He could go back. First time ever I've seen him bring two combos, and they were set up in a way so that he could throw essentially the general breakdown was he could throw single hook baits and treble hook baits. You know, he had one rod that had more of a parabolic bend. Uh, well, that was a little bit more, uh, less of a fast action. And one that was a faster action really is, is the biggest difference right there. <coughs> His reels pretty much. He had a one that was like a, a six, eight and one that was a seven, one, you know, so kind of like right in the middle. And, you know, it was just, and I, I even asked him afterwards, I was like, isn't it nice to not have six rods just getting all tangled over. So especially when we're bank fishing, especially like just going with two or three rods, taking them out. And I was bringing essentially two bait casters that were in the same ballpark as like what he had going on. And then I had my spinning combo, you know, cause I always, always, I never leave home without it, you know? Uh, you know, so it's, it's about like looking at what you're carrying for versatility. And after having a conversation with Paul, we were rigging up before our trip for chick. He had even threw out there that he's like, well, you know, I have so many seven foot medium heavies because I'm comfortable throwing those. And, you know, if I want to have a Texas rig, if I'm throwing a jig and then I have a Texas rig, I want to be able to switch and just grab the rod and go or, or a spinner bait or whatever, whatever the, the, it is. You know, he just wants to grab and go. And I was like, that's a nice luxury, but it's not realistic when you're on the bank and you're on the move. And you're going from spot to spot to spot like it can get a lot to juggle, you know. Just like, where are you going to put them on the bank? You know, where are they going to stay where they're not going to get in the way? Sure, you could use a rod runner or something like that. That's awesome. You can definitely do that. And if that's how what, what you want to do, then go for it. You know, but that's where the versatility, like, it's going to be different for everybody, for the water you're fishing, the way you like to fish, the baits you generally throw. And the more that you learn and the more that you can look back with experience and know what presentations are actually effective, the better you'll get with doing this because you'll know, oh, hey, you know, I'm killing them on chatter on half ounce chatter baits, you know, so I know I need something that I can throw that. But uh, I also do really well with, you know, Texas rigs or jigs or, you know, I also periodically will throw a jerk bait. Well, maybe I should consider throwing this instead. Um, it's it, you, so that's as far as like, you know, versatility as far as rods and stuff. The other thing is with plastics. There is nothing that eats up more space than making the decision like, hey, I might throw this plastic. Let's throw this bag in here too. Let's do this. It adds up so fast. It's always nice if you can just kind of streamline some stuff, you know, and and make some judgment calls. And the severity of what you carry is going to change. If you're on a kayak, you have a little bit more wiggle room than if you're bank fishing. If you're in a big boat, you have a lot more wiggle room than even if you're on a kayak, but do way more than if you're bank fishing. So when I bank fish, I mentioned earlier that I use a plastics wallet. I do that to streamline. And what I put in there are baits that I use and I divide them up by type. And I even mix them up. The only ones that I don't mix up are the the Z-Man ones. They get their own special little packet and I'll throw those in a, in a pocket in my bag. Uh, but what I'll do often is I will take one envelope and I will put uh, stick baits and flukes in one envelope. Because I fish them often 
in in similar setups. You know, and lots of times I actually will will fish them interchangeably. I'll, I'll Texas rig them weightless and use them like just a soft plastic jerk bait in that in that method. Uh, what I'll do in the next packet is craws. So I'll take some of my favorite craws, but I keep my colors as when I'm buying colors, it's pretty simple, but I know people who have colors like up the wazoo. So I generally keep something that's natural, something that's light and something that's dark. Then I have one that's all paddle tails and I mix the sizes. So I'll have, you know, 3.3s, 3.8s, you know, 2.8s, and then even some like four plus inch paddle tails that will be in this one envelope. For the record, that envelope is the fattest one. It's got the most variety in it, and I'm always in and out of it because I throw those on a lot of different things. Then I've got creatures. Creatures will be anything from a beaver style, like the, my, my D-bombs go in there, as do my, uh, my Six Sense prawns, my flipping baits, things like that. If I'm throwing those, and I use those for jig, jig trailers as well, Texas rigs, you name it. Once we get into the other side of things, then I start downsizing. I have a pocket for curly tail grubs. I have a pocket for uh, TRD style baits. Uh, you know, just little tiny, tiny stick baits. Uh, I have uh, really small creatures, and I split them up based on color. And then I have drop shot baits. Um, I have one on one package that one packet that is just. The stuff that I generally will throw on drop shots, and mainly these are worms, smaller worms. So like a standard zoom trick worm and smaller. And I put those in a, in a variety of colors. And that has helped me carry so much less. Sometimes I'll be at a body of water and I'm like, I need such and such. Or maybe I'm discover, trying out a new color or something or a new pattern. Recently, I just started throwing sungill. As, as a color for a lot of the water that I like. So I'll throw uh, in another pocket a couple of things, but that's like the shit that I'm, I'm jumping into in this one bag. Now, the baits that I'm bringing when I'm on the kayak, totally different ballgame. Whole lot more variety. I'll keep a big plastic money bag full of additional stuff. In fact, I keep this thing in the truck, and I will mix things up as I'm going based on the conditions, where I'm fishing, the time of year, all of these other factors that kind of come together. <coughs> I'll edit that out. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. <laughs> uh, the the last thing I want to talk to is, talk about, well, and this kind of lumps into what we're talking about with plastics, but is the storage of it all. And this is where you, you got to look at, I have not one, but two wallets that I keep on hand. One wallet is destined for the kayak. It's going to live under my seat. The other one is, is going to stay in my bank bag. And I, I'm doing this on purpose so that when I'm going out and I'm trying to plan a day, I can take the appropriate stuff, but not have to take every single piece of plastic I've ever thrown ever in my life, you know, and, and make some type of a choice. So, yeah, I'm going to have a couple of different craws, a couple of different colors, uh, but those craws might change based on the time of the year. You know, I might I might throw a six cent stroker craw because I need those claws to get crazy in July, or I might be throwing a little bit more of a subdued craw. Or I might modify that stroker craw by trimming some of the plastic off the claws to keep them a little bit less wild, you know, and wily out there. I've done that before with like rage menaces and stuff. Like rage menaces kick like a son of a bitch. They're a great trailer on a bunch of different things, but on a chatterbait, they're too much. I like to trim off the bottom end, and it's a great little, it's almost like a Zayko in a way, just a little thinner body. Anyway. That's my two cents as far as all that. How do you guys weigh in? Like with how do you how do you keep yourselves versatile? 
Uh, so for me, being on the boat. Uh, yeah, you have a totally different perspective. Yeah. Definitely. So I am very financially dumb to where I just have pretty much a setup for every fucking bait that I throw. So I very rarely have to retie. That's um, not a bad thing. I mean, if you have the ability to do that, I mean, I I would. Why yeah. wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's I, I try to, like, for instance, um, in this spring, I'm yeah. not get. There's a lot of a lot of like I run 3,700 boxes. That's what I put in my my storage. Everything's yep. labeled and spread out. So there, obviously, I'm not putting my fucking frogs in my boat yet. Yeah, you know, shit like that. So to you know keep down to keep weight down. But um, yeah. So I, I I do have everything. I have the ability to completely separate everything. Yeah, um, and label it like that. Um, if I'm bank fishing, I just I just fucking I'm, I'm the type of person that I grab a couple rods, I keep whatever baits on there, and I throw some fucking plastics in my pocket. Yeah, you know, for some reason, if I'm just going to bring the kids down real quick or something, so. And that's a different animal too. Like when you're going, you know, I hate that using the term fun fishing, but like when you're just going out, you know, to bullshit and hang out with some buddies and throw some baits or something. And it's not a big send, so to speak. Like, yeah, you hundred percent can get away with doing that. Like I remember the trend of, you know, when fanny packs got to be kind of popular and it right. was for that reason. Exactly. Where you're like, Oh yeah, I've got a small, plastic you know uh container that i can keep a couple of hard baits in throw those in there some terminal tackle throw that in there and then i got you know uh, a bunch of different plastics that i'll just stuff in this one fanny pack and i'm on my, on my way now sean i know you've got a totally different take on on this uh and also because you you fish almost exclusively out of a kayak like you don't really vary much from this system for organization well i'm gonna Kind of blow your guys' mind on this. So I don't really get why you guys leave stuff at home. I think if you focus on the oh. things that you know are going to catch, yeah. so like Joe just said, Joe just said, well, I don't bring the frogs out in spring. Why not? Well, That's a great question. It's, I guess it's something. So I've, I'm not you, confident with them in the spring. I've never, I've never thrown them. I've never, that I, I don't know if I've ever thrown them or I've never caught anything in the spring. Up so, so I can say that in my experience, I have. Uh-huh. So I make sure that there's no, I get, I have my baits that I have confidence with. Again, I'm not going to go on a, a rant or a lecture about yep. keeping a database, but I know several places. And then once, you know, once, once you establish a pattern at one body of water, the idea is to test it at other bodies of water. Yeah, of course. Okay? So, some of the the top water fish that I've caught in places that are shallow and weedy in and the water, even in the shallow weedy spots, I might have to get to it, but I'm talking three feet or less clogged with weeds, even in the beginning of the spring, because it might be root systems from yep. lily pads or whatever. These are places that might actually be unfishable in the summer, mm-hmm. but the fish are there because it's the first place to warm. And I'm talking frog bites on 40 degree water, 42 degree water. Yep. I've had that happen. And not just not just popping or hollow body frogs, but toads, and that's early April, late March. Well, I, I I could definitely yeah. see that happening because there's a spring buzz bite buzz bait bite as well. Like in shallow water, like like uh, I could I definitely see throwing a buzz toad uh, in that kind of a situation. Or you know, I mean, in the spring, like I would throw a popper. 
You know, but I think I'm not. I'm not saying that I necessarily leave everything at home. I don't put it on yeah. my back. Yeah, well, that's that's that's, so, that's the difference, and that's because a, everything oh. will be in the truck. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I when I have established what I'm good with, what I you know with what um what my strengths are, right? And I keep very very limited colors. I keep sizes and things that I'm confident in. So that's yeah. why I kind of get pissed off when if I find a jerk bait that I like using in a 110 size and it doesn't come in a 90, I get upset with it. Of course. Because yeah. now it takes it, it makes you got to find another, an, variable. another brand, you know, that's in that size that's in that, you know. So so right off the bat, I, I try to limit variables and just doing that. You're adding three because yeah. you don't know. You're you're taking the size, the color is going to be different, and who knows what's going on with the rattle suspension, yeah, exactly. etc. Yep. So when I, I think the best way I can show my versatility with the system that I have is, you know, I take all the same stuff that I fish out of my kayak with, yes, into a bass boat. I don't cut anything out. Yeah. So it's my lift up my feel free bag and it's got all yep. my hard baits in it. Yep. And then usually what I'll do is I'll take my five. Well, it's going to be, I think six now this year, but I take my six um, tool bags that I have from yep. Home Depot that I put my plastics in that I have them sorted. Mm-hmm. I put them into a backpack. So I walk onto like loaded potatoes boat with yep. my, my same six rods, my, my, uh, my same tackle bag. Yep. And then I just put all the little tackle bags into a backpack. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just a matter of whittling down what baits and what rods are producing for you. And the only way that I've found to do it honestly, truthfully, and for sure is with that database. And that's just... Oh, no, I agree. I think the stronger your database is, the more streamlined your... See, because I, I think when it comes to baits, you have your warehouse at the house. Like, Sean, you've got a warehouse. You've got yep. a, 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 a file of your baits that you have that are stocked up. And when you need to re-up, like not everything that you carry that you own is in that feel-free bag. You've got a store a storage of baits that you can re-up yeah. as you need them. Plastics, whatever that might be. Um, yep. Right now, my feel-free bag is that storage. Okay. And so so in, in the issue that I'm running in, in, into is that... I'm carrying a lot of bloat. I'm carrying stuff in that that I don't need to carry, that I don't have records on. It's not, you know, some colors like, and some of these are baits that like I've gotten through mail order boxes or I've had, you know, I have the folks give me baits all the time. Oh, hey, you got to try this, got to try this, got to try this. And I will, I'll give them the due diligence, you know, but if, if they're not performing, I don't throw them again, you know? Um, I run into these situations when I'm like, I'll take like a situation like what we fished with Caleb where I had some intel. Hey, what should I yep. have for colors? Hey, these are the colors that you're going to want to have. And I'll, I'll put that, which for a fishing Chickamauga, it was a lot of different colors that I would be throwing up up here. You know, that that I've got experience in, in results that I know are proven, you know, <clears throat> for yep. well, for the last three years have been proven, you know. Um, so that's where, that's kind of the issue. Like, that's why I quote, leave things at home. Um you know, oftentimes my day back, my my day box. What I will do is I will choose what's most likely to get bit. So, like, I won't like you're talking about having a frog, right? In the spring, 
I might not have uh, a, a a hollow body frog in my box in March or April, but I'll keep some of the Z-Man Billy Goats, and I've always got five-aught hooks with me. You know what I mean? So I could throw that presentation. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. it, it's there. It might not be perfect, and that's exactly it. Like it's not always necessarily perfect. But I will tell you that like once we get to like the end of April into May, I've generally always got a frog. I've always got a light color and a dark color frog. Well, that always was just an example. Box. Like I yeah, said, exactly. I mean, that's just what Joe threw out there. But <laughs> like my point is I don't leave anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've learned over time that the minute I leave something at home is when I need it. Fair enough. Or or at least I'm wondering, did I need it? Did I need it? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that I don't like wondering that. I'd rather go out with everything – streamlined and stuff that I have complete and utter faith in and yeah. has proven, you know, my faith is based on the, the actual written down history of and looking think, back and saying, wow, you I, know, think I it, didn't yeah, know this was good. I think you have to sing that from the mountaintop because I mean, let's be honest, experience is first in fishing, you know? Yeah. I think, I think anyway, like I think experience is first and the only way that experience is going to do you any good is if you can actually look back at it clearly and get an idea of what's working. So, you know, for you know, like I know, like your your rod selection is is different. You know, you have you have a bunch of rods that actually kind of cross over, but you use them in different ways, right? Me? Yeah. Like you've got a no, bunch. I only, of, I only I keep three three rods uh, because if one breaks, I have its exact duplicate gotcha. right next to it. Okay. And I can use that. So so if I like like if I go out and <clears throat> um. My my jig rod breaks. You've got another one. I that- could take my frog rod, which is the same thing. That's why I don't yep. buy specialized rods. I buy yeah. the general. What do you call it? like all purpose? Certain size, certain weight. Yep. I don't. I won't buy a um, a Ned rod, but I will buy. You know, I like personally. I like throwing with Ned rigs and with drop shots. I like throwing a medium heavy spinning rod, yep. seven foot medium heavy fast, and that does all my everything yeah. I needed to do. But I keep two of them the exact same ones. That way if one breaks yeah. and I'm on a bite on something, it's a quick spool change and I'm good. And that's so the that's, thing. That's the thing too. I th- I think that like and and that's why I wanted to mention it the way that I did with when it comes to rods is like that's going to be different for everybody. Like I've yeah. got I've got a way that that works for me and I like to have like I, I like to call it a spectrum, you know, where I'm like I've got rods that are super light and I've got rods that are super heavy. How heavy do I have to go for this time of year for this body of water? What am I anticipating that I'm going to be throwing? And I'll kind of like make the call based on that. Um, Like I have thrown, like I've had a frog tied on before on my frog and rod. And usually that's the same combo that I'll throw a buzz bait on something like that. Generally, those are the same combo, but I have had a day where it's just been killer for like top water. I haven't had a bite on a frog necessarily, and I haven't had to fish one because I haven't had a bite on the slop, but pitching a buzz bait underneath. So what I'll do is my sort of workhorse rod, my, you know, seven, seven foot to seven, three medium, heavy, fast rod with fluoro, I'll throw a buzzbait on because I've got an eight speed reel and it's, I'm not relying on the line to keep that floating. You know what I mean? I got to keep it moving. Yeah. So like, it's one of those things. And actually that's something that I took from that tackle talk episode was, was that specifically, I was like, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I can't throw this on fluoro. It's going to be fine. It doesn't matter. 
So just, I mean, it's one of those things, but I think that that's, that's one thing that no matter what, there is a benefit to looking back and checking in to see how you are as far as being effective, as far as versatility as a whole. You know, you're going to check back and kind of do a, a personal inventory and say like, okay, so where are we? You know, how is this doing? Is there fat that I can trim? You know, and your database is ultimately what's going to prove that to you. You know? Yeah, that's why I haven't touched anything for this year. I haven't had a chance to look at last year yet, which hopefully yep. I'll do this week. Um, I have my trends that I that I follow. And yeah. if I'm not catching something in a couple of years on something, it's out of the box. And the so other I thing too, Sean, two weeks. Uh, that I want to just throw out there too, is that like you've looked at your database and had info and it's tipped you off to other presentations like the brush hog. You know what I mean? Like, and you've brought yeah. things back in because you're like, no, this was actually, this was, was performing in these circumstances, you know? So there's a lot that you can learn. Well, the, the brush hog thing <sighs> is very bizarre because the presentation that I'm catching fish on it with it now is totally was, different. Was, was not a thing when I was catching it. I yeah. was throwing them weightless in years past, yeah. completely weightless with yep. a three out or a five hot. And now I tend to, I tend to Ned rig them. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it wasn't even there. It wasn't you know, when I it stopped really using an option. Them, I on them, and it, it came back, and I said, "Well, <clears throat> these things have not worked in the certain way I was using them. Let's try this new application, yep. and it's been it's paid off." Um, but yeah, I just I try to say so streamlined, like even to the point now where I'm not I'm actually not going to carry any three inch um, Ned worms anymore yep. at all. Oh yeah, we talked about that. I'm only carrying four inch, I, I, so I can cut them. I can cut them down if I need them. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? And that again, that lends itself to versatility, a hundred percent. Because yeah, now exactly. you're not carrying something that is in addition to. You know, you can always make an adjustment. We've been yeah. going on this tip for 27 minutes. <laughs> Hell of a tip. <laughs> Hell of Big a old tip. tip. That might we might have gotten some of the shaft in there too. <clears throat> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Freaking. May freaking be. Uh, so next up, we don't have an FT. Like I said, we don't have an FTG this week, guys. Uh, but what we do have for you is a bait of the week. Jigs and bigs. Bait of the week. <sighs> Bust out the blade baits. Yeah. It's cold water. And uh, what do you got there, Joe? All right. So... Blade baits. Let's talk them. So my blade baits I typically use in the spring. Uh, they're, they're big spring bait for me. Spring and fall mm-hmm. um, have a lot of luck. But essentially what I do is uh, I don't – you do have – they do have versatility to where you can essentially, like we talked before, you can uh, – almost like a lipless crank. You can swim mm-hmm. kind of like a lip, lipless crank. Where, where I've had my success is almost – almost vertically jigging them, you know, and toss them out, not too far, let them hit the bottom, you know, bring, you know, bringing that rod tip up, let them go back to the bottom, bringing it back up. Yep. And, uh, you know, essentially on that flutter back down is kind of where I've had success. I've had success for them grabbing it. And then once you go to bring it back up, you got that fish on there. Um, so with blade baits, the two that I typically use are the Demiki vaults or actually the one I, always use is the Demiki vaults. Um, I, I stick to half ounce, maybe get up into the five ace realm. Um, they're a little smaller profile uh, than 
than a lot of others. Um, the new one I'm trying to get into this year is because I'm kind of a six cent snob. Six cents did come out with one this year. Oh, um, or I think it was actually the end of last season. Yeah. Um, so Those look awesome. I have not thrown this yet. I can't say, I yeah. can't tell you it's great or anything like that. Um, but another thing, what's the one thing almost all blade baits have? They have the three hole system. Oh yeah. To where you have your sw- swivel in your three holes. So essentially the farther back you put that thing, the more, the more action you're going to get. I keep it me personally. I tend to just keep it in the middle for everything I do with them. Um, but they're, they're a super versatile bait. I, I, I throw them. I, I typically, so I've kind of bounced back and forth to where I've thrown them on a spinning rod and a, um, and a uh, casting rod. I don't know what I like better yet. I haven't figured it out, you know, because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm making sure I'm, I'm tossing them out. Not, I kind of toss them out just beyond what the water depth is. It's all, like I said, it's almost like a vertical. I use, I I use the live scope and everything. And I'm basically, I'm video game fishing these things. They work very well for me for uh, fish sitting in the column, you know, just uh, in, in, in fish that aren't sitting on the bottom or whatever like that. And, uh, or just, um, geez, what's that word I'm looking for guys? Suspending. Yeah. says, Jesus Christ. Fish that are like suspended. Um, (laughs) it's worked really well for me. You can, like I said, you can fish it like a lipless. Yeah. They can be, it does have the, you know, that three holes. It doesn't matter. I, I, they're pretty violent. You know, they're definitely a violent bait. Yeah. Um, you know, that you get a ton of action from them. But yeah, if there's something you haven't tried, me personally, I tell for guys on the big boats, they're great for almost that um, that vertical jigging. You can watch them real well in the live scope if you're using live scope. If I tend to use them again on rocky bottoms, if you're going to be doing that, you're going to lose them. That's oh, the yeah. only thing I can say. You're going to blade baits. I've I've lost a million of them. You get snagged on those rocks. It just it's kind of one of those things. If you're fishing them the style that I do you're going to lose them and it mm. gets, it gets pricey quick. Um, so for the Demiki vault, you're looking at the like six fifty to seven fifty range. Yeah. And then uh, for that six cents one, you'll, I mean, that's eight, eight bucks a bait. Um, so, and blade baits have come a long way. Like, Oh sure. It used to be the silver buddy, you know, that was the go-to yeah. and it was, yep. you got a little, you know, basically this this silver blade with a little bit of lead on the the front end of it, a couple of hooks, right. and those three holes signature drilled out on the top where you could change the clip, and right. that does change the flutter when you're dragging it back up. Yeah. Um. Yep. But like now, you know, a lot of these baits have like more precision weight, where they're really right. like weighted with almost like a flat bottom, so when they land, they could land like straight up and down. These are just baits that they're they're designed to get snagged on, you know, rocks, wood, you name it. Um, And I think that one of the ways that I've always thrown them (coughs) is a lot of like there's when I throw a lip list, there's a couple of ways that I like to fish a lip list primarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, Burn it and kill it and then yo-yo it, you know, where I'll let it drop all the way to the bottom. I'll rip it up, let it flutter back down, pick up my slack. Let it sit, rip it back up, put, and the same thing there. That will get snagged on the bottom if you keep doing that, but it's effective. It gets the job right. done, you know? Right. Uh, 
I like I like a blade bait personally when I fish mine. I like to throw them on my seven three medium light spinning rod because mm-hmm. I can cast them a country mile and right. and work as much water all the way back. And I usually do that where I'm yo yoing it. Now I have had no results yet. With a blade bait, oftentimes uh, it's a situation where I'll fish one till I lose one, and then I switch to a Ned. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> but like blade baits are getting like super sophisticated. That six cents one looks awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, actually I'll pre I know the jig heads are still in here, so I just grabbed out two. So I'm a big I'm a big gold fan when it comes to blade baits. Yep. That's where I've had the bet my best luck with okay. using gold. So you know I do have oh shit. Uh, so I do have the gold six cents here. Oh yeah. Um, I got a couple of them. Um, then there's that part. I'm, this is like the first time I'm going to be using like a painted. Yeah. Like a painted, you know, uh, you know, something to mimic. I, like I said, I typically just go for silver or gold. Yeah. Um, and that's, what's worked well. That worked, that worked phenomenal for me at, uh, a Noda. Oh really? Okay. That's, that's right. But, I mean, you guys who know Anoda with those rocky banks right there, yep. it's you're gonna you're gonna I mean they're not it's they're not rocks, they're freaking boulders that yeah. are in there. So. Oh yeah. But they bite them, especially those suspended fish. Once you you know them you they flutter down right by their face, they hit them. I may need to uh throw a couple of those in my day box my next set send out because no. it's one of those baits that I, I forget about. You know, last last like late winter, I was throwing those uh, quite a bit, and it's right. like same thing. Like I, yeah, I, I throw them till I lost one or two, and then I'd be like, "All right, let's shift gears." You know, yeah, we'll throw yep. another cold water presentation, an inline spinner, or a Ned, <clears throat> something along those lines. Yeah, the the one thing I will say is I I tend to throw them more when I'm targeting smallies. I just tend yep. to get more smallie bites out out of them, but I'm all I'm typically fishing these things deep water i mean yeah. it's usually over 20 feet of, of water i'm fishing yep. these things in so that makes sense it definitely makes sense it's a spot that i i can think of off the top of my head that i think even bank fishing would be pretty good it's it's good and deep and there's some good yep. fish over there that, yeah it might be something to look into and it's nice the thing is to the blade bait it's a half ounce but it's small it's a really oh, yeah. compact yeah. You know, presentation. Yep. Some of the the you know lipless, they can be just a little bit too large and right. noisy. You know, right? These yep. are uh, it's a it's a different animal. Yep, I love it. I'm looking for the blade bait blade bait brand that I've used in the past, and I can't find it. I'm kind of being driven nuts here. It's an older model. I thought at first it was a Northland, and it might might as well have been. But I shit. I started using them ice fishing. Caught a few fish. Not many, but I was like, oh, this is neat. They're small. So I put them on an ultralight rod, and I was whipping them around one day, and I was catching all sorts of shit on them. A little small perch one. I'm going to call it a Northland. Fuck it. I don't know if Northland. It wasn't it a not. steel shad, was it? This is an old lure. Oh, okay. okay yeah, okay. this is not. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Northland. Okay. Um, huh. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I, funny funny enough, I wasn't even in a smallmouth area. I was whipping them around above weed beds for nor- for uh, largemouth, and I was catching perch and crappie with them, too. Yeah. Just fun. It but, is a fun yeah. style of fishing, you know. It is. Yep, it is. They ha- they have its place, though. You know, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna smash fish at every lake with them. Um, yeah, it's it's just it, but it's 
that's kind of one of those things last year I wanted to build my confidence in and I did. Yeah. And, you know, I can't wait to throw them this year. So that's awesome, man. When, when, when you're throwing them, like when about mm-hmm. are you stopping? Is there like a, a water temp you're looking for when you're like, yeah, this isn't going to be the jam. Yeah. So last year I typically stayed within the pretty cold. Actually, I stayed within yep. the 55 and below. Oh, okay. And that's right. That's where I had the most luck with. Gosh, gotcha. I'd say, um, cause you know, once, once you hit that, you know, that, that 55 for me, that there's a, a million other things that I, I want to throw for sure. So, yeah. 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 Well, that makes sense. That's freaking awesome, man. Well, we're going to, we're going to take a short break guys. Whoa. Oh, oh no, that's right. Not without my drums. Oh, that's right. You need your drums. Stand by. Yeah, drums. Let the wedding begin. All right. Guess what time it is, folks. It's time to register for Chronic Trips. It's been up for four days now. You are free to register for it for the April tournament. Chronic Trips. Got to make note, a couple things. Chronic Trips, if you catch a fish on April 20th, yep. any species, but it's got to be a separate. For, you, for those of you guys that are new to the tournament, you cannot double submit fish, okay? If you put a fish in in any five, it cannot be resubmitted in largemouth. You got to make a choice. There's some strategy there. But any fish that you would like to, a 12-inch bass, you don't, that ain't going to fit anywhere else, does not matter. An 8-inch crappie, I don't care. Submit it. There is a category called the 420 category that is worth a one-point po- one bonus. There is not going to be a lunker on that category. That is a single point for everyone who puts it in on April 20th, number one. Number two, the lengths. So for those folks that have fished with us in the path in the past, Lengths have been a big deal because there was a whole separate group of prizes attached to lengths. We are not doing that year, this this year. Lengths come into play in each category. Whoever gets the longest submission of every category gets an extra point as the lunker of each category. Other than that, the any five category is straight up length by however many species you put in. It doesn't matter. Um, but it still comes out as two points for the lunker of the any five. Excuse me, two points for the the person who submits the uh, the biggest bag in the 85, one point for everybody else. Easy enough. Any questions, my my contact info is on there. Send me an email. Um, $30 for entry. That goes for all of our tournaments, whether it's Chronic Trips or Jigs and Bigs. So that's for the year. Now, what I do want to talk about real quick is we have some sponsors on board this year. The sponsors are coming in because anybody that finishes in the money, in actual money, will not be eligible for the giveaways. Simple enough. You want money? Good. Take your money and run with it. Giveaways are going to be provided by the following companies. They are going to be drawn at random by myself or the beef man, or maybe we'll make Joe do it. He's a new guy. We'll make fucking Joe do it. Sounds like shit work. Well, uh, we're going to be providing. <laughs> you sound like my wife. I know. Thanks. She's right. <laughs> so the uh, the giveaways will be provided by Wrangling Bates. Klondike Custom Baits. Klondike Custom Lure, excuse me. Sorry, Matt. Um, I ended up grabbing some rod uh some rod sleeves from Sarah Pendergast. Yes. So those will be those will be given away. And those will actually be coming from her, depending on what the uh the lucky winners want, whether they want bait casting or spinning um rod sleeves. Uh three bells will be for by providing coffee to one lucky winner per tournament. A Bay jumping on board for this one. So they're going to provide a custom lure. 
uh, to the winner to make sure they get something they want, not just a random color they might not use or might not be effective with. That's pretty cool. But their, their swim baits are excluded. So everyone keep note of that. So don't say, hey, I want a fucking A-Bay swim bait because you will not get one. Finally, oh, not finally, excuse me. Nor'easter will be involved. They will be providing a gift card for their apparel. And uh, we all wear this shit. Like, we love it. So just be aware. Their, their hoodies are badass. And actually, all their products are badass. But I think we all have the hoodies, right? Joe, you got a hoodie yet from them? I don't. You fucking new guy. You're definitely doing the drawings now. Piece of shit. <laughs> so we got to get you in some nor'easter stuff. Yes. Finally, most importantly, I dug through. I dug through my 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 storage room here upstairs where I do the podcast, and I found several unused Jigs yes. and Bigs jig kits. So the final sponsor for the <laughs> Chronic Trips tournament, Jigs and Bigs. We got some jig kits for you fuckers. I think that's all we got. Get ready. You can register now. Any questions, email me. Hit it hard. Um, That's all I got. I, I got a question for you, Sean, regarding tournaments. How uh, the uh, the test tournament? Um, well, well, well. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody jumped on, on with that yet to? Uh... So one person did, and this is the, this is where test tournaments can be both amusing and disappointing. Yeah. Someone jumped on and submitted their, a picture of their hand. Now, I don't know if it was meant as a joke or not. But they didn't read the rules and submitted it under a submittable length. So it got DQ'd without me even touching it. <laughs> so I don't know oh, what happened there. Oh, I gotcha. Hey, if if the hand was not a joke, uh, it was not using a ruler, which is the whole point of this, or it was yep. not using a catchboard, uh, you can resubmit it with a catchboard, put your hand on there. I'm actually fine with that. I've even suggested to people put a put a put a put a uh, stuffed animal on there. I mean, it's not gonna help you with hand placement or with keeping the mouth closed, but if you wanna Learn how to submit something with this practice. app. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Speaking of catchboards, one other thing: if you are in need of a catchboard or a couple of their accessories, the uh, the catch keeper or the catch ID holder. Yep. Um, in each of the tournaments, uh, especially the test one, though, I have the um, the information on how to order them through Three Bells. Uh, if you need one, go ahead and read that. You'll be able, the Three Bells will be um, be able to provide the the catch carbonite the 36 and the 32s i believe am i correct on that yep 36 32 or my does it 2632 i think Shit. it's 2632 2632 yeah. yeah so um go ahead the the ordering information's on there and it should be updated by the time this podcast airs i know i have it on the test tournament i just have to run through the other tournaments yep. and update that with the sponsors so yep lauren just confirmed that 26 and 32 as did binya catch boards Catchboards, Lawrence reminded me. I got you, Lauren. I'm on top of this somewhat. I just don't know the lengths because I'm an idiot. So uh, that being said, Joe, you're our minion for this for drawings. We'll figure. We'll teach you how to do that. And uh, yeah, good luck to everyone this year. I'm looking forward to it. This should be a lot of fun. And uh, let's kick some ass, catch fish. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I, I definitely Can't am. Wait. We got. Uh, you know, I have been talking with well that that live sh- live stream that I did with uh, with Binia. We talked in depth about getting involved with these multi species tournaments. So if you're if you're you know a seasoned angler and you want to kind of like 
add a little bit of value to the bycatch that you might be catching while you're out there, there's a great way to go ahead and do that. And also, as a reminder, if you're a first-timer, this test turning is for you. So go ahead and, and get involved with that now. Uh, I'm going to put another link on the uh, show info for this podcast that you're listening to right now for that test journey. I think I'm also going to put a link in there for the chronic trips since registration is open as well. So uh, that is show info. You know, when you're listening to our show on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, if you look at the show info and expand that fully, all we have a bunch of links in there for you guys to check out. So definitely, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you go and do that. Bobby, the last thing I want to add is yep. with, with the whole point of this test tournament is to get folks that aren't used to using this app to to get these fish disqualified or whatever, these stuffed animals, whatever the fuck you put on there. Yeah, exactly. Right? We want we want to, to to iron out the wrinkles of your technique on doing this stuff because I know a lot of first time anglers, myself included, when I first started doing this, you get a fish DQ'd and you take it very personally. Yeah, you not want it to. It's very anymore. frustrating. And the the object is go ahead and fuck up with the test tournament yeah. so we get it straightened out so you don't lose a fish that counts, and then you take it personally. As directors, we we don't look at who's submitting the fish for the most part. We are looking at the fish and it's check. Yes or no. Is it in, are all the rules being followed? So what position we're in is if somebody, if we allow a fish to go through that has, should be DQ'd or, you know, fucking have a, have a, a, an inch or a penalty applied to it, whatever. Right. We let that go. Then the people who are following the rules rules are going to look at us and say, "Hey, what the fuck?" Exactly. Like it's why are we not getting be, a fair shake? There's got to be so, a standard set, and and that's where, you know, some of some of this comes into play. You need to keep it even keel for everybody. That way, there's there's a certain standard that's being met. We've said it before that these tournaments are designed for the novice tournament angler, the novice competitive angler, somebody who's just looking to do this strictly just for fun, like I am. Um, that's part of the reason why we have some of the things in here where, yeah, if you enter a fish and the mouth is open, you're going to take a penalty for it. That's in the rules. It's just the way that it is. I, I take, I take penalties on my fish all the time. Zero fucks given. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I'm there to have fun. I'm not, I'm not super competitive. I'm just, I'm just having fun for me. This is fishing with you guys, the listeners. This is something how it, it, how it works, but there's got to be a standard set there and you don't take it personally. And and there's, you know, I think we've had anglers in the past who have tried this and who have said, Oh, are you guys serious? Like it's not, or like, I think early on, maybe we're running it for charity or something. And they're just like, it's not even a big deal. Like what the fuck? And it's like, but it is a big deal. Like we have to, if we do a, a favor for you, then we just have to give a gimme to everybody. You yeah, know, it's and the, the whole thing I, I pride myself on, whether it's here, MAKB, yeah. Jigs and Bigs, Chronic Trips, all this <laughs> is I pride myself on directing so that everyone gets a fair shake. Yeah. There's rules written for a reason. We're going to follow the rules. That's it. Exactly. Um, we Binya brings up a good point here. Yeah. I don't want to see dick pics. I don't want to see titty pics. That's cute. If Send I want to look at naked me. people, I have the Internet just like the rest of us. You know, try to take it seriously, folks. Send that shit to me. Yeah, Bobby uh, wants that stuff, but not via fishing chaos. Cheryl chimes Same. in here. She goes, Jigs and Bigs Multi-Species Tournament is the event that got me into tournament fishing. There I didn't go. know that I had a competitive spirit until participating in it. Love it. It's so fun. Appreciate that, Cheryl. That's 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 what we want. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> Sweet. Wow. What a show. 
That's all, all right. I got. So we're going to go ahead and take a short break, guys. We're going to be back in about two minutes. And now Joe's actually going to chime in with that preseason boat prep. This is all new to me. I have no idea. Like, I'm thinking a boat's a boat. It's cool. Let's send it seaworthy. Send it fucking <laughs> seaworthy, bitch. Maybe that's maybe that's that's wrong. Maybe that's not the right thing to do. We'll find we'll out find if it out. is or not. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys in a bit. Don't go too far. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters, located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut. Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories from Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yakatek, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade you and your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit 3bellsoutfitters.com for more info, and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high-quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water's surface. They have a 60 day risk-free trial lifetime warranty and free shipping plus you can save yourself 10% with the code jigs and bigs 10 at checkout visit torej.com to check out their selection that's www.toreg.com again we cannot thank our partners enough for their support please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process thanks You know, some of you guys might be at home right now listening to Jigs and Bigs, maybe eating some sort of fancy peanut butter cups that uh, you've acquired at some specialty shop somewhere. And you're thinking to yourself, you're like, the fuck even is a boat? What? How do you even make a boat fucking work? And maybe you're like us and you're accustomed to human powered plastic boats. But how does one get ready for the new season of fishing when you've got, I mean, quite, quite seriously, a legitimate piece of machinery. And luckily we have Joe to pro- help shed a little bit of light on this for the few of us that are uh, not so initiated, you know, take it away, Joe. All right, <laughs> let's talk some big boats. So we're all itching. We want to all get on the water. Those of us who have big boats, but there's a few things that we have to do to get ready for that. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you might be a sad panda out on that first time in the water. So whether you get your boat shrink wrapped, whether you're just one of those guys that puts your own tarp on it and wraps it, sticks in your yard or just lets it fill up with two feet of snow over the fucking winter, we still kind of got to do the same thing. So the biggest thing, check your engine, check your engine. When you come in, you, whether you hook it up to water, whether you you know use the earmuffs, however however you do it, check the engine, make sure it starts. Obvious. That's an obvious thing you have to do. Um, when you put those, ba- hopefully you unhooked your batteries, unhooked your batteries over the winter. <laughs> so obviously you need to hook those in. 
with some of these big boats, with some of these newer bass boats, it is like trying to diffuse a bomb in there. There's so many wires. There's so many different connections. A lot of the newer boats have maps right on there. My suggestion, a little late now, but my suggestion would be take a picture of how all those connections are before you disconnect them um, at the end of the season so you have a reference to hook those uh, batteries back up. In doing so, check your connections. Make sure there's no corrosion. If there is, get yourself a wire brush. Get rid of that, that corrosion because it will affect the amount of juice that you get or not give you juice at all. Take it from me. I know because it happened to me with my last boat. Um, the other thing is for us tournament guys, a big thing you need to make sure that's working for you is your live well. Uh, make sure all your oh, pumps yeah. are working properly in your live well. Um, check all your hose, uh, all the hoses you can check and you have access to. Um, whether you winterized it, you know, or had somebody else, uh, <laughs> Chrissy Fishing, she's that person that has the her boat filled with snow. I love it. Um, check all your hoses, those water hoses, whether you put antifreeze, some people put antifreeze in them or whatever. A lot. There is still expansion. They, they could have, they, even the smallest bit of moisture could have, uh, there could have been dry rot, the uh, rodents. If you have, whether mm. you have it in a garage outside, rodents are huge in boats. I had that. I had that issue once with my last boat. I had rodents got in there in the winter. They, chewed up a couple wires and whatnot. Um, so that's basically a big thing. Uh, the other thing is hopefully you put some kind of fuel stabilizer in your fuel. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but you actually kind of want to keep it, keep your, uh, your tank more full with a good fuel stabilizer. So it helps separate, keeps that water fuel, you know, all that shit separated. Cause otherwise your motor is going to run like shit when you get out there. Mm. Um, Obviously, check all your check all your electronics. If you're running fish finders, everything. Try check all your gauges. Just make sure. Just go through a, a checklist in your head. There's a million of them online. Go through all that shit before you get on the water. Especially if you fish your first your first time on your water, you're fishing a tournament or whatever, and something's not working properly. There's nothing worse than that just because you didn't take a half hour to to look it over. Um, another huge thing that people overlook is the trailer. Not mm. just talk about the boat. So now we got to talk about the trailer, especially, you know, uh, obviously your trailer lights hooking up to your vehicle, make sure all that's safe and sound, but also your tires, check your tires, make sure there's no dry rot happened. Make sure you have the right amount of, uh, you know, whatever air pressure that the factory, the factory requests, make sure that's all, that's all safe and sound because you do not want to have a tire blow out. On your trailer, I've also had that happen. That sucks. Mm. Changing a tire on a trailer blows. Um, luckily, I was able to lint mine to a uh, to a tire repair shop. I was close enough, but trailer is important. Make sure all your straps are make sure all your straps are good to uh, tie that thing down and um, just be safe. Make don't get out there and and, and get yourself you know in a dead boat just floating around. You know, not have it. You, you could be the only boat out there and not having the opportunity to uh, to get yourself back to shore under your own power. Just don't yeah. be that person. I see it every year, every single, t- it, especially those first couple tournaments. There's always that guy who didn't, you know, just did, didn't do his due diligence to get his boat ready. Um, and it's an investment. I know more than anyone, it's an investment. Treat your investment well. 
and uh, get out there and have fun. It's funny when you talk about batteries. So I got two two things here. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are you using for batteries in your boat, Joe? Do you have? Are you using like lithium cells? Are you using like more conventional? So right now I am using more conventional. Yep. My plan is to change to lithium. Yep. Um, I actually my intention was to get lithium when I ordered the boat. However, myself and the dealer forgot to coordinate that. So they oh, gotcha. ended up just coming with the the standard lead acid. Yep. And I and he's like, Oh, well, we can order them. <sighs> but I was itching to get the boat. I was like, you know what? Just just give them to me. Just we'll give upgrade it to me. Later. I'll run the yeah. I'll run these. Um but I will say, with uh, all the electronics I'm running uh, towards uh, when I was running that live scope and yeah. everything, it it does struggle to keep up for long tournaments, especially if I'm using, especially if it's some choppy water. I'm using spot lock a lot, yep. so I do need to go to lithium. So I will say that. And is there is there any kind of uh, uh, like do the lithiums lend themselves a little bit better in between seasons? Um, are they not as temperamental? You know what? I, I I don't have enough knowledge on yeah. those to where I I, do I know, know that's that. kind of like um, a new kind of buzz thing. The, yeah. the lithium stuff. And actually, yeah, I, I just got I, I, this in from Wild Bill. Um, he sent me. Uh, actually, this is an audio clip of when you were first trying to you know reconnect your batteries. Uh, let me see if I can play it. If this works. What the fuck? That's right. That's, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A lot. It's crazy. A lot of people, a lot of people don't unhook their batteries. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they don't realize it doesn't matter if you have everything shut off. That's, you know, especially there's still a drain still, there. They're still depleting. They're still yeah. draining. Um, I, I was lucky enough this year to, I have mine in a in a heated warehouse. Yeah, um, where I big. just where I just put it on the battery tender, so I didn't have to I didn't have to winterize my boat at all. Essentially, it's just sitting on the battery tender, um, ready to go. But you know, unhook your batteries. Make sure you have clean connections. Um, check the status of your batteries. Do and uh, <laughs> yes, make sure all your stuff is properly insured. It's a big deal too <laughs> from Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a, the, the batteries are a big deal. Cause you just, you're just going to end up buying new batteries every year. So that's like anywhere yeah. from 500 to freaking $3,000 a year. Oh yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know a hundred percent how the lithiums hold up, um, when they're kind of in storage versus the lead acid. Now I'm curious. Yeah. I wonder how it is. Cause like I, I do, I hear like Alex Rudd uh, has mm-hmm. a, a deal with uh, X2 and you know, yeah. I've heard like uh Milliken just did brand new. I forget what the brand is that he, he put in, uh, in his boat, like mm-hmm. all lithium, like crazy. And I, I'm curious yeah. how, how that, that plays. Now is there, as far as uh, boat owners from up North where we are to further down mm-hmm. South, um, uh, some of these these folks down south don't necessarily have to winterize their boats or put them away for the season because they're able to keep them out right. of the water. Right. So it's they, just more yeah, of regular maintenance, on. right? Lucky yeah, they're bastards. just they're just going all year round, which is I wish I had that opportunity. It's, I think a lot of us did. Oh do, yeah, but uh, yeah, because there's nothing there's nothing better than paying a, a payment on something that's in storage. I know four or five months. <laughs> yeah, that's rough, dude. That is rough. Yeah, but hey, soon yep. enough, 
you know, you'll be out there. That's right. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Let me ask you the math on that, Joe. What's, what's more expensive, keep it in storage for a month or two months or whatever, or just the gas to drive it out to Cape Cod once a, once every couple of weeks. <sighs> Cause you can fish the Cape year That's, round, dude. You know yeah. what? That's a really good point, Sean. <clears throat> yeah. So the, I mean, the problem is, is like, like for me is once you're running all those pumps and everything, there's water sitting in there. So if I, if I come and sit, you know, I don't have a, gr- my garage in my house isn't big enough for that thing. Otherwise oh, I, you know, yeah. I would just store it here. Yep. So if I, if I keep that thing out, I, I got to keep it outside. So I, it, uh, then you have that, that freezing of those lines freezing and shit. So that's why, that's why, you know, when you, me, yeah. I, will I go and fish in this, in this weather? Yeah. Fuck it. If there's oh, yeah. no ice, I'll go and do it. But I have to start. What I'm nervous about is those freezing temps still yep. and having an issue with frozen lines on, on, you know, when you have it on expensive, but it's just not worth it. For yeah. Me. No, it makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. That's fair enough, dude. I totally, totally can get that. Damn. All right. Well, uh, I, it's, it's about that time. I would say that we had a pretty goddamn good show tonight, gentlemen. Yeah, I don't think Yay. it's I don't think it's saying too much. I think uh, I think we had ourselves uh, one hell of a fine program, and uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of uh, of, of good fishing soon. Um, you know, St. Patty's Day has come and gone. Couldn't be happier. Today was parade yeah. day. It's over. Uh, oh, it's lockdown. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, my street Beirut. <laughs> There's people parking. There's no rules. It's like Vietnam. There's no rules. <laughs> Parking all over the place. Yep. Uh, so I'm glad that that's, that's over and done with. Uh, but I usually take this annual festivity as a, a good indication that, like, yes, the good fishing days are are on their way. Like, we're, the things are going to start ramping up. You know, every single week that goes by, we're getting more and more daylight, which is... Uh, Doing good things to uh, get the the water temps a little bit warmer, uh, and you know, hopefully, we're done with any kind of additional snow or like crazy cold, you know, snaps or anything. That would be great. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. And chronic trips, I, I might enter chronic trips just for the 420 bonus. <laughs> it is it is fun. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see about the salt. I mean, that's a discussion we all have to do, yeah. have between jigs and bigs and chronic trips next year. Well, if we're gonna run chronic trips in April, it's tough to get on the saltwater. Yes, bite in April in Massachusetts. I mean, there's there's holdover stripers, but beyond that, be tough. So yeah. maybe maybe we have that discussion about a better way to do things next year. We'll see what yep. happens. But yep, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll play around with some stuff, but I mean, I, I think we've got a great year lined up for it as far as tournament stuff goes. With the show, we've got uh, events that uh, we're hoping can can happen and be magical and, and amazing for everybody. Um, <laughs> Bobby, don't say the S word. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm I, I have to restrict myself from saying saying anything about that. I'm just hoping that all that precip is is done, unless it's warm. Um, oh, look at that! Cheryl chimes in. She says, "I have a salt charter scheduled at the end of April. We'll catch his count." Yeah. Hundred percent, they will. Yes, yep. Hundred percent, they will. Uh, especially if yep. you have room on there, uh, get in touch. We would uh, love to join. Um, 
I don't know what else to say, guys. We have a, uh, This has been an amazing show. A whole lot of fun. Uh, before we wrap up, again, congratulations to Michael and Lexi down in South Carolina on the uh, the new nuptials. We're uh, or uh, on the new engagement, working toward nuptials. Remember, as always. I'm available for uh, booking for wedding DJ and officiant services. BobbyRoastBeef.com You know, just saying. Look at the Bogleys. They're happily married. You know, baby on the way any day now. This shit's happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, do I take a little credit there? I probably shouldn't. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> but I will. Uh, I, I got nothing else. I think uh, I, th- I think we we had a, a great show talking about preparing, getting ready to uh, to get out there, uh, talking about how to be versatile and uh, not lug around literally every single piece of fishing equipment you have uh, for every single trip at every single body of water all the time, constantly. Who knows how to take better records and why that shit's important. Um, don't be a dumbass and uh, not get and get into a kayak ill-equipped. Uh, while this water is uh, still kind of dangerous, you know? Uh, and uh, what else do we have? I think that's pretty much it, you know? So I'm going to go tie on a mag draft and... Uh, Whoa, one last thing. Oh. For God's sakes, if you're cutting up jalapenos, wear gloves and don't touch your dick. <laughs> don't touch your dick. <laughs> don't, whatever you do, do not touch your dick. Um, that's about going to do it for us guys. Uh, as always do me a favor. And, uh, if you're catching any fish, tag us in your pics. If you're posting them on Instagram or anything, we'd love to know about it. Um, tagging us is a good thing. In fact, I think maybe, maybe as we get into the, the season where, where more folks are, are out there making some shit happen, I might actually make, make a little ledger. And as people tag us in their images, I'll, uh, go, go ahead and give them a shout out, you know? Maybe we'll do a special like repost and post like a big um, collection of listeners and their amazing catches because, you know, I, I ain't catching shit yet. Yet. It'll yeah. happen. You know, I had to drive 15 hours away to have a good day, you know, but I did it. <laughs> I fucking did it. Anyway. There you, there you go. Going to wrap this one up, guys. Have a great one, everybody. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, uh, go ahead and rate and review the show on the uh, podcast platform that you prefer to listen to us on. And as always, it's an ass.
<laughs> now we're recording. What did I miss here? Oh, we, oh, I want to see all the comments now. Bluegills. Hey, Binya, it's six-inch bluegill. I changed it. I changed it after I, I unsuccessfully drop-shotted worms for them in fucking November in the mountains. Man, what your parents get back for you pee? What line do you use your play baits? Poor Joe, freshman year all over again. Yeah, pretty much is. Then you outdoors. So that would make us what juniors now, right? We're juniors. No, I told you you're my two dads. Yep. My two dads. It's true. <laughs> boat, the next live show, too. that's the theme song we're walking out to. <laughs> Perfect. You can count on me. We have to dress just like him too, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll get Joe some shoes to like wear on like masonry fucking knee pads. <laughs> we'll just get him. A, why don't we get him a gimp outfit? And we'll drag him around by a leash. <laughs> too much. <laughs> what? Oh god! Bigs. I love it. I love it, man. <clears throat> there is talk of a live show in Rhode Island, um, and also I'll give the jig heads a little bit of a heads up. Um, we have a, a local restaurant near us that uh, does these amazing game dinners, and they have agreed to host the Jigs and Bigs live. And we might actually have some musical uh, entertainment as well. This is I'm talking I'm talking like Friday. I played some music from a from a dude who's from the Worcester area, and uh, I've booked him before. His name's James Keys. Awesome, awesome one man band. Sounds familiar. <laughs> you might know him. He sounds just like Eddie Vedder. Like he really does. He's just the dude. He's good. Just awesome. And yeah, he's got a fucking wild catalog of music. <clears throat> All right. He's kicking in. We'll find out. I'm I'm recording. Shit. 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 <sighs> All right. So what I'm recording? I am recording. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What what are we gonna do, Jigs and Pigs the musical? We're making a podcast. <laughs> I'm Jigs. He's Pigs. <laughs> I don't know. I had nowhere to go with that. Fuck it. Apparently, I'm not as entertaining as Joe. Yeah. <laughs> We're both fucking pigs. <laughs> Here's our little bitch, Joe. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Vacuum out your sack. All right, uh, rolling. Oops, I guess you got to do some editing. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to do the music for the interview segment, Joe, for this. Mm-hmm. And then once you're done, I'll do like the wrap up music afterwards. Yeah. All right, it's cool. going to be quick. All right, we're rolling. We got three. Two. Sure. 